0: Tacos.
1: <laughs> hey there welcome to motorcycles and investments sub up coming to you from the cycle garage in sunny Santa Cruz California call the blame you're a caution inchay aye, aye. Hey everyone, this is Liza. We are running ragged and behind and disheveled and only partly here, but we're going to make it happen.
2: (laughs) Speak for yourself, darling.
1: Yeah, I said no more emergencies at 5 o'clock. We record at 5 o'clock. And what did I say? And we got an emergency at 5 o'clock.
2: I had an emergency in my trousers at (laughs) 5 (laughs) o'clock.
1: Oh, wait,
3: wait. A Mototown sticker put on it. Next thing I know, it's coming back up the driveway. That's well, because that to
2: happen. Well, no, because what happens is when I apply a Mototown sticker to the gasoline tank, the new owner gets overwhelmed with a more power, because that's guaranteed 10 more horsepower.
1: And, of course, you recognize the dulcet tones of Miss Emma. Hello, darling.
2: Hello. And hello, everybody in listener land. <laughs> Um, also on the classic girl couch tonight, it's Lila.
1: Hey guys, good to be back again. You're way too quiet, you're way too quiet. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) And, uh, joining us, (laughs) he's got his, he's, he's, get your shit together, son. It's Naked Jim.
3: Hey, what's up? Peace, love, and dirt bikes.
1: Hey. Good to be here. So, um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but, um.
2: I've got a lot of stuff to talk about, too. And hi.
1: Wait, wait, wait. And of course. It's Bagel. Hello. As you he say, Stumpy John isn't here, so I'm running the board. I'm doing, running everything. So I've not got my
2: how could we? It. How could we forget about you, Bagel? We didn't really. Oh. It was just okay. a ruse. Okay.
1: okay. Um, We've got, we got a lot of topics tonight, but first I want to say that I am brilliant. <laughs> uh, and this... this <laughs> what?! This fact was proven. Uh, oh, I see. Today. Okay. By our good friend Haley Bell. Uh, Emma, I told you this story earlier. Jim, you haven't heard this no. one, but no. I'm pretty proud of it, you know. Um, you know, we talk about it quite often that um, riding is very important for mental health. And there are some people who will go against medical orders and still ride. Have you, I mean, have you ever ridden um, uh, while you were injured?
2: Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, we do that, right? Right? Well, and even the most astute medical person will say that there is a link between mental health and physical health that we still don't completely understand. I mean, you tend to heal quicker if you're in a good frame of mind. Right? Didn't you do the dopamine effect not long ago? <laughs> the
1: dopamine effect? Yeah, remember?
3: The, she did the dope effect. Remember you were like <laughs> about read an the, hour ago? You read the MD Web oh, thing? Oh
1: yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. chemical
3: release of motorcycle.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so our friend Haley Bell had it was like she dislocated her right her left index finger, but she went to the doctor about hmm. getting it put back in because she was sitting there trying to pop it back in, it wouldn't go in. And it turns out that her tendon got like hooked around her knuckle and it's gonna require surgery to put, she, it, she put, it, put it back in.
2: She put the lime in the coconut and drank. So it her all index
1: up. finger is bent <laughs> and is um, very bothered right now. And yes. it's gonna require surgery. Sounds painful. But she's like, But I'm going riding tomorrow morning. And I'm like, You really don't wanna mess with an index finger. Uh, you know? And she said, Well, I can use my other fingers for the clutch. Yeah, but still you're holding on to the bars while you're dirt bike. Can't they and then, just
3: wrap the splint and, and like on throttle? Right? Can't they shape the splint? So
1: that's exactly what I said. You need to make a splint yeah. that is shaped. Well, it's not the throttle, it's the handlebar. Or but still yeah, yeah. you need to make a splint. A metal splint. She's like, Well, but it's it's late here. It was like nine o'clock at night. She's like, Nothing's open, I can't go somewhere. I'm like There's got to be something in your house. Cereal boxes.
3: Couldn't you just get some cornflake boxes? Something
1: metal. So she started going through her kitchen uh, utensils, Uh and she found salad Uh tongs that at the base of it is curved, and then it goes down to the two kind of spoons, right? And she's, she's like, oh, it fit perfectly into her finger, and she went and slid it over her grip on her motorcycle. It fit perfectly. Awesome. So she cut off one of the arms- Right at the bottom of the the Mm -hmm, sea. Right. mm -hmm. And then the other one, she kept it long because I said what you need to do is not only do you need to mobilize your finger, you need to take the weight off of your finger and and tape it to your wrist and your palm. So she basically put her glove in and then put this salad tong on her finger and her palm, taped it all together. So now when she was writing, it was her wrist that was holding her weight, not her not her finger. And she was able to go riding. She's like, Oh, bloody hell, I had a great time. I even launched myself over the handlebars on a cliff. I took a whack <laughs> at my head. I feel so great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> so oh it, my worked. God. it worked. <gasps> it worked. Oh it worked. And she was afraid that when she got if she got launched off the bike, her hand would be stuck to it. No, it popped right off. And
2: well,
1: now you, she's like, you, you I can keep riding until I have surgery. She's so happy.
3: That's great. <laughs>
4: Brilliant. And I'm wow. like,
1: there you go. Well done. Because, and the, the lesson here for me is, you know, doctor said, don't ride. And I know her. And I know that she would. Just like I know many people
5: who will still bl- ride. You could consider it a harm reduction strategy.
1: E- exactly. I
3: thought Liza's lesson is like, the doctor told me to do this, so I'm going to not do that. <laughs> and just do the opposite.
1: <laughs> no, I actually called Tamar. And I put her on the conference call with me and Helen. I'm like, tell I'm brilliant, aren't I? And she's like, you should really get that fixed. I'm like, but I'm brilliant.
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's a little in that. So anyway, down, I bet she's that, gorgeous, it made yeah. me
1: happy that I was able to help her. But also, it's just like, I I know what she's like, like many of us. Like, you don't, you got to find a way to do it. But how do you limit the damage you're going to be doing as you do it? So, Anyway, that was cool. And also, I um, had a great um, time last night. I went over to San Jose BMW and they did movie night, dive in movie night for motorcycles. It was the Wyoming BDR film. Oh, cool.
3: Did you see our friends from when we got the Twisted Road bikes? Were they, or is it a different part of the BMW thing? Was that, no, that was Triumph.
5: That's yeah, what it that's was. Tri- sorry.
1: Yeah, this is different. Not bad. Um. No, but I saw Ray Ray was there and some of our friends and, um, uh, it was cool. They set it up in the parking lot, and they gave us uh, street tacos and popcorn.
3: Oh, free food!
1: Yeah, oh, free that's cool. Awesome. Well, nice. And and the Wyoming BDR um, film is is great. It 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 it's the best yet. And of course, our friend Jocelyn Snow is in it.
3: Why is it the best yet?
1: You know what? They've been getting better and better. The first ones, I think, were dry. dry. They were more about here's here's the ride, here's the route, here's the mm-hmm. r- what it's like, and then it became more, like when Jocelyn came in on the last one, the um, New England, she brings a lot more like humor and Well, we talked about that. Fun if, if Jocelyn it, you know? didn't,
3: didn't liven it up, it would have been kind of dull. But exactly. Writing was cool, but
1: Yeah, and so yeah. Um, this was that also, but one of the things I really appreciated, uh, this woman, Wendy, who was on the trip in the movie, and she was there last night. She's a trainer from uh, BMW, the training center in South Carolina, hmm. and Well, she's training to be a trainer. She's been training for six months on the big BMWs on their facility of how to do all the different terrains. And um, so here she's now having to apply it all in the real world and discovering it's not all as easy you know, she thought she was ready. But like one of the guys was saying, it's so funny to be in my comms uh, in my helmet with you because you could hear her say things like, wait, sand and rocks? That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know how to do sand or rocks. But you can um, see
3: because when you train for that stuff, you train like in the sand section, then the rock section. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but she
1: knew what to do and had yeah. to learn to trust and but also to learn. And applying the techniques they don't always go right or you know you, you, and it was really cool that they brought somebody she's not a novice writer i mean but somebody who had never applied the skills on an actual adventure ride and to see her confidence growing mm-hmm. you know just little things like things they don't train you for is like she dropped down into a rut and she's like what do i do <laughs> and the guy's like ride it out <laughs>
3: You know, the beautiful thing is you you do the exact same thing no matter what it actually is. You just pick your eyes up and keep going. Yeah. So that's cool, though.
1: Yeah. And uh, Jocelyn actually fell quite a lot in this one Hmm. um, because she's riding the rally and they were getting in a ruddy and very rocky um, territory. And she says, I had to raise the suspension because on the rally, it has that live suspension. You can raise it up. Oh, cool. So that the cylinders and everything are clearing these big rocks. She's like, but I can't touch the ground. (laughs) <laughs> like I, yeah, she had nothing she had nothing so not
3: being able to dab your foot in that she couldn't stuff.
1: dab at all yeah that is she couldn't dab hard. at all so yeah. um it was it was cool to see somebody who we know to be so skilled and, yeah. and struggling but never yeah. quitting never quitting and getting back up and then jumping up and trying to ride it out and then falling again because i mean how can you but then doing it and saying like that was awesome
3: yeah she's fearless yeah yeah and talented
1: yeah <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was really cool.
3: So, do you, do you get the itch to do any of these BDR things, Liza? At all? You you've got the bikes. Do you ever just like, hey, let's do a section of BDR?
1: You know, it is enticing, and one of the things that um, uh, BDR um, uh, backcountry discovery routes mm-hmm. <clears throat> that they announce that they're doing is um, this new thing called BDR X, which are loops instead of long routes. I could totally like do that i like that like stay in a a motel and do a loop like shorter like one day loops Mm -hmm. rather than a six-day excursion um i don't know it it was cool um and on this one they had it's clearly marked and there were splits or opt-out sections um so that was really cool to see that and go like yeah okay but they did like a thousand miles Mm. of, of this dirt and uh yeah,
3: that's cool. I, th- I think it's great. I think in anything that that helps people learn about new places to ride is great. It's just the country is so huge. You know, you got the BDR routes, but then you go to any kind of open space. It seems like like BLM land, and there's just this vastness. But it is kind of nice. Like when we were going through Utah and those places, to at least no, I don't think we did any BDR sections. But it's right. cool to know that you're like, hey, you could go that way and there's cool stuff to uh, see yeah. and all that.
2: And I owe you an apology, Liza, uh-huh. because I wasn't able to actually make it for the oh, yeah. for the movie night. Um, I'm going gangbusters at work right now. so Is that good? Saying, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's busy work. But I've been putting in the midnight oil, so I felt really bad that I missed out on it. Well, they had tacos. That's
3: what I feel bad if I had known that
1: and and uh speaking of work you I put you to work as soon as you got here today oh yeah um we had a, a a new guy come, Russ, and he
2: had a project you want to describe what he yes. was working on So Russ had the wheels from his brother's 1979 Honda yeah CT110 and he'd had the hubs enameled in black and he oh, there's somebody new on the screen. Shh, shh. Don't notice them. Don't All right. Notice them. Well, I'm just distracted. <laughs> um, anyway, um he bought new rims and spoke kits, and he'd kind of laced them up, and lacked the confidence to true them up. Uh, yeah. So I showed him the way.
1: Well, I showed him part of the way. Yeah. Did you even know I knew how to do that? No. <laughs>
2: no, I had no clue whatsoever. It's. Lacing wheels is quite the thing. It's a it, moment of zen, isn't it? it or a really long is. moment of zen. When I get wheels I need to lace at work, generally I'll wait until the shop is closed and I'll pull the door down Have a
3: mushroom cap.
2: Get the get the mood light going, get my jazz going, and just sit there for a couple of hours and really get into it. Because this it's it's kind of it's art and mechanics combined there's an artistry mm-hmm. to it I could tell it towards the end that he was
3: finding his artistry because I walked in and it sounded like I was in a Tibetan temple, temple ting, ting, with ting, a ting, with ting. Yeah. exactly with the chimes and going. he was
2: he was getting the chimes going on the spokes which is how you, of course you you tell how tight they are you know the the tighter the spoke the higher pitch the ting when you hit it with a spoke wrench no tongs no well unless you're making a splint for your finger right um but a, a loose
3: spoke will just go thud. Yeah. He was in there for a while. Was, well, I, I told it, it him it was a to, good experience for him. Though.
2: I No, I told him to. I said, if you do these within an hour, you're rushing. Really take your time. Understand what each spoke does and which way it's pulling the room. He did great. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he got him to within a couple of hours. Yep. At the bottom of patience lies heaven.
1: Uh, I think that's one of those things that like everyone should like tackle once or twice. Oh, yeah. And I've done it on a couple bikes, but yeah, it is. It's getting in there and being patient. And the way I told them is, look, it's you, you just keep making finer and finer and finer adjustments and you keep going back and forth, back and forth. And then you finally got it down, but it's a sum of sight. It's some of sound. It's, it's all the things. Um, but it's a simple tool. You just have to have a truing stand, which are not expensive, and a um, one of the forks for uh, doing the um, spokes, spoke fork. That's it. Right? Right. Yeah. So we're glad to help him. And um, we also got rid of some gear today. Oh, yeah. We need to get rid of a lot of gear.
3: Oh, I was supposed to help you with that. I ran out of yeah, It's
1: all right. Um, Lila's going to help me, too. So, you know, we've got so much gear to give away, and I'm, we're being kicked out of the garage. That it's in. What? Um, What? Yeah. So we have it all set up in my mom's garage. And she's like, I want my garage back.
2: What the hell did she want to do with it?
1: It's her garage. Doesn't matter. She wants to store her chairs in the winter there. Her garden chairs. I mean, like, whatever. She just wants her garage back. So. uh, (laughs)
3: There's a lot of gear in there. There's a lot of
1: gear. So we need to Mm. get rid of gear.
3: Uh, That was nice, though. That was convenient, but. I know. What
1: are you going to do? I know. Well, you know the thing that's nice about all that gear? That gear, you can use it on any bike, any style of riding, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Be it you know dirt riding, uh, regular street bikes, or even an electric bike, of which we had quite a few here today. It was electric day
3: <laughs> a little bit, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, there was. Well, it's hard to call Terry's bike a zero anymore. It's, <laughs> it's a, it. No, it's a, it's an electric <laughs> it's a, Terry special. It's a construction <laughs> yeah. zone. It's a
3: Terry sled.
1: Uh, yeah, and then so, some <laughs> energicas. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: we always um, forget about the other the other big electric bike. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Livewire.
2: Oh yes, oh, of yeah. course.
1: Yeah. Well, in fact, I think we're going to talk about it tonight. You know why? Why? Guess who's here to join us? Remember our friend Diego with the live wire? Yes, of course. That has a heart D beat in your butt.
2: D car 70.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Diego, how are you?
6: Okay, how are you guys? Hey. Diego, what's happening?
1: Can you hear us Good. okay?
6: I'm perfect. Yeah, I can hear you guys great. Perfect.
1: And you brought a friend with you. Is that Darren?
6: Darren's down here. Yeah, I'm here. Can you guys
1: hear me? Hey, yeah, Darren. Right how on? are wow. you? Welcome. What I'm a doing what great, a awesome. thanks.
2: What a handsome combo they make. Look at those two guys. (laughs) That's why you got so distracted earlier. Yeah, no, I was. I mean, you know, Diego's a really (laughs) good-looking guy, and then sitting next to him is another good-looking guy, and he's drinking large... Do you have gin in that mug, darling?
7: I'm not going to tell you what I have in the mug, but
3: it's good. I got a mason jar. You can guess what's in that. <laughs> no. It looks like you're drinking yellow, pee. Is it? Pea it, sample. Is. it looks like pea. There's a cherry in it. Pea it's a, of it's it. one of the good uh, cherries. It's a pea sample with a gold star <laughs> in it. Coming to this podcast and peeing in this is part of my probation. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. <laughs> So you remember last time Diego came on, he was doing that crazy going cross country on the live wire. He's always doing something crazy. He's he's another one of them wackadoos. He's got another crazy idea he's doing and he's got other wackadoos to join him. Diego, you want to talk about what you have brewing right now?
6: So um, I will start it off, but I'll hand it over to Darren, which is the mastermind and evil (laughs) doer on this uh, venture of ours. But uh, to make a long story short, we're placing or doing a race between the San Francisco Bay Bridge and San Diego, California. Electric bike race, you got to imagine that. But I'll let Darren take over here. He'll kind of give you the background there and what we're going to do and all the neat stuff that's kind of brewing now. And uh, take it away, Darren.
1: Yeah, Darren, what you got Uh, going on?
7: Sure, thanks, Diego. Um, So just quick background, what uh, this kind of just all started um, just riding with friends that also had electric bikes. And we started to just try to figure out a uh, much like the electric cars, what's possible and where can you go? Where can you ride? How, how fast can you charge? Can you go places touring like, um, and not just to and from work to and from the grocery store and around the block kind of thing. So, uh, what is it Diego? Like two years ago now, we decided, hey, let's see if we can ride. Uh, We've uh, been riding around Southern California for a bit, so we said, hey, can we? Let's see if we can ride to Vegas. And so a couple of us got a crazy idea. We said, hey, let's let's see if we can ride to Vegas. We think the charging infrastructure's there, and a friend of ours, Gabe, had already done it once on a Zero, but it took him a long time, charging rather slowly. But he made it. And so we're like, well, let's see what these new bikes can do. They can they can fast charge or DC fast charge off CCS. We said, let's see how long that will take them and us. And so uh, Diego and I and a few other local friends uh, decided, hey, one morning we're going to get up early. We're going to ride to Vegas. Uh, and we did that. And we, we wanted to see like what our what a good time would be. So we were racing each other and uh, basically just seeing, hey, how long would it take us if we tried to just get there quickly, as quickly as these bikes will take us. And uh, so we, we rode to Vegas. We got there in the middle of the afternoon. We had Livewire, we had Energica, we had Zeros, uh, and it was all very interesting to see how each bike managed its battery size and its charging capabilities mm-hmm. and where it would stop, and everyone had their own little strategy. We had a great time. We stayed in Vegas all weekend, and uh, we rode back together on uh, on Sunday, and everyone had a great time. We said, well, that was cool. What what else can we do? Well, let, let's go farther. That was like uh, 200 40 or 250 miles to Vegas. We said, well, let's, uh, let's see how, let's, let's make a longer trip. So we said uh, the following year, uh, let's go to Reno. Uh, Let's see how long that'll take us. So we figured uh, it was about double the length of time that it took or the distance that it took us to get to Vegas. So this one was just over 500 miles. So we're like, Hey, let's see how long we can Uh, it'll take us to get to Reno. So we left Disneyland last year. We rode straight to um, Reno, which is about 500 and some miles. And it took us anywhere from 13 to, I can't remember, like probably 15, 16 hours, depending on the bike uh, for folks to get to Reno. So again, it was a good experiment. It was a lot of fun. We we stayed uh, the weekend. We rode around Lake Tahoe, guys had a blast. Uh, And we rode back and we said, wow, let's keep doing this. Let's Let's uh, let's do it again. What else can we do? And we really had a great time because what was different going to Reno was that some of the folks from the Bay Area heard about it. And they said, well, hey, that's kind of coming up in our direction. We'd love to go, too. And uh, we we want to meet you guys there. Or we want to ride with you. And so there were some guys that may, met us there on their electric bikes. There were some locals that met us there. And there were some guys that were crazy enough to ride all the way down to, to Disneyland, meet up with us at Disneyland. And then ride with us up to reno Uh, and so hey we said this year uh, a couple of us were were talking about it and we said uh hey let's let's kind of uh, like like toss one back to those guys in the bay area let's let's start there and we'll ride and have a like a rally slash race down to san diego and then we can kind of host folks when they get here and it'd be kind of like hey we'll start in your backyard We'll ride down California. We'll end up in our backyard and we'll be able to like show you guys around and, and do some fun stuff that weekend. So we just decided to call it the uh, bridge, the bays, because they've got a good sized group of the Bay Area. We've got a nice sized group down in SoCal. We're all going to hang out together and do some fun stuff on electric motorcycles and, uh, and have a blast doing it. So that's kind of where we're at right now. And, and it's coming
2: up in May. That sounds great. So you're leaving from the Bay Bridge. I'm interested in your strategy. Are you going to take five eighty, pick up five, and then just head straight down five. Uh,
7: I'm not going to tell you my strategy. The, <laughs> well, the, the, Diego wants to beat me. <laughs> oh, that's no, oh, interesting. Well, okay, so it's so, not the same. No. So, yeah, so right.
2: uh, are you all going to be on the same route, or is it just a complete free for all?
7: That's part of the fun. Is that it's. It's uh, it's kind of a free-for-all because we want you to have the flexibility of determining your own strategy and to think is going to be the best place to charge and where you think is going to be the quickest route, shortest route, may not always be the quickest well, depending on what the chargers are like. So we, we leave it up to you to determine how you're going to get
2: there. You know, as a complete novice to electric propulsion on vehicles, I would have thought The infrastructure is probably better on the coast, but it is a slower route, whereas Interstate 5 is a far shorter route. But I should imagine decent chargers are quite few and far between there.
7: It it is different. So not each route, like, say, let's just focus on the 101 versus the 5. So the charger locations are different depending on which way you go. So you're exactly right. You're going to have to look at that and do root study and figure out which you think is going to be faster for you,
1: so actually it's been fascinating to see more and more chargers popping up. I was in Soledad this past week, mm-hmm. Soledad, which is just a you know it's a freeway exit with, prison right. town. yeah, it has a prison and a couple of fast food restaurants. nothing I saw um there's, and wind power there's like two gas stations, one of them a small gas station had a bank of eight chargers installed. Right. My favorite wow. chargers in Soledad. I'm like, what?
2: Hey, my favorite <laughs> breakfast joint in the whole of coastal California is in Soledad. That's a fascinating story. It so, is the window.
1: <laughs> but I figured that is for exactly for the type of people who are traveling. It's right. not, there's no one in Soledad I've ever seen an electric car there. This is simple folk, field workers, exactly. just very working class. But yeah, and the fact that it was eight, and this is something I learned. When I've been you know, years ago when I was riding uh, with Terry and uh, Brian, three of us riding around and everywhere we went had two chargers, (laughs) which is a pain in the ass when you got three. That's also
7: part of the strategy because uh, like for going to Reno last year, we had a very key location um, that only had one charger. Mm -hmm. And we actually had a, had kind of a, an interesting, fun um, uh, timing where, I happened to get to that charger first, so lucky for me, I was able to plug in and charge and about 30 seconds behind me, another racer pulled up and obviously couldn't charge because there was only one and we're in like in the mo- in the middle of the Mojave Desert. So he had to literally turn around, get back on the highway and then milk it pretty slow up to the next charger, which he didn't even know if he was going to make it about. So You definitely would try to want to to bias your your choices at those big locations because, A, you know, you're not going to have a a Bolt or an EV car or a Tesla or whatever it is uh, sitting there maybe blocking one or two of them. You know, you obviously don't want to get delayed by having to wait for a charger. So Um, that plays a big part in it mm -hmm. as well.
2: Are you allowed to fight with your opponents at the charging (laughs) station? Yes, you are. Fighting is allowed.
7: Bring weapons. That's all. Okay. Do you spray day? him with so a water bottle. Um, and, like dump a gallon know, of water I've on seen his seen what head. Diego carries, and it's he doesn't even have a chance. So,
2: Daryl, might might I ask, darling, what you're riding? We we know Diego famously rides his Lifewire and loves it to bits. What are you riding?
7: Uh, I'm going to be riding a 2022 Energica Ego Plus.
2: Mm. Oh, uh, Lego, my the, ego. Yes, uh,
7: <laughs> and it's going to be um, it's the full sport bike uh, with mm-hmm. the full fairing. Um, and it's got the 21.5-kilowatt-hour uh, battery. So, uh, so, yeah, go ahead. I forgot. Well,
1: bagel had his hand so, raised Yeah, before. yeah, Bagel. Go to Bagel. Well, I I, I just wanted to,
5: to uh, raise a point about the uh, the strategy for this, this competition. He's not sharing the strategy, Bagel. Well,
7: no, no, I'm I not know, sharing my strategy. We can share Diego's strategy.
5: <laughs> 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 well, I just wanted to mention that, not one would think that that going i five would be the best route because it's fastest and 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 everything. but fast' is not necessarily an advantage in electric vehicles because the faster you go, the more your wind resistance is, and the worse your efficiency is. So but, if you take a slower route, you can take go a longer distance before you have to recharge again.
6: They go, they go hit it on the head. You know at the end of the day, when you're doing any type of EV racing, think of Formula One. What you're doing is basically managing the least amount of time that you're not out on the road rolling mm-hmm. that's yep. the key so the key is get there get that sweet spot for your battery to charge as fast as possible don't top it off and go to the next one and hit that fast enough in order to beat everybody else's time you know so that that that, that plays into the into the whole thing because you know people may think oh i'm just going to go as far as they can hit that battery at get there at 1 Charge up back to ninety nine, hundred percent. But the sad fact is that most of these bikes start have a peak at at, at charging at a certain rate between twenty and eighty percent. And then after eighty percent, they go back down to single kilowatt charging rates, which slows yeah. you down dramatically. Or so that
3: kills
1: if you ride. If point. you ride twenty miles per hour, you'll never have to charge.
3: Sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> charge, so, but, so, how, but how long up. will it take you to get there? So so those, the hair. those lines of charging, do you guys allow for, like, uh, custom modifications like quick charging? Like, do you have people built their own quick chargers or made modifications to to speed that yes. stuff up because i know that's popular with the uh electric wackadoo crowd as we like to say <laughs> yeah
7: we uh, you know we're we're still at the point where we we want to include as many people as possible so it really doesn't matter what kind of mods you have so it's like bike. open
3: class it's like electric yeah, open. It's,
7: tot- yeah it's totally open you know it, and it's not it's not that serious you know we're, we're there to have fun we make some games out of it. You know, there's some little prizes. Uh, you know, I,
3: yeah, I call bullshit on that. No, it's I do so, as <laughs> well
7: because it, it all to bring. We, we, we want off. people to yeah. bring whatever they have. And right. Alan uh, is a good example of him bringing. We call it the space shuttle because he's got his <laughs> aero fairings. and Yeah, he's a uh, friend of ours like too. That. The silver right. I love him. And I'm glad yeah. that he, he, he did Reno last year and it was awesome. And everyone was like, but that's not a stock bike. And I'm like, well, we don't care. Let's just see. Yeah. It's more, like you said, it's kind of racing, but it's also kind of experimenting and, and testing and seeing what the difference is. So it was a great ability for us to compare what a stock bike would do next to his bike and see the aero yeah. advantages Which that it is- gives. So if guys want to bring things that they've modded, we're all for it. So, oh, yeah.
1: Darren, I'm just curious. Do you do you Energica guys get together with the Zero guys and make fun of the Livewire guys?
3: Do you wave to each other? What's the waving
6: rule?
7: Look it, look it.
4: The
3: Harley guy doesn't wave. We know the live wire doesn't wave.
7: the Harley guys will do this. You know, most of, us, most of us have more than one bike. And so, you know, and some of them are gas. Uh, and so we're kind of used to riding with mixed groups and yeah. just having fun with it, you know. And, and um, yeah, it's a blast. I mean, we, most of the rides we do in Southern California, it's a mixed group. And there's all different kinds of bikes. They're from all the different brands. And, uh, you know, it, and what we, whatever we do, it's in it, and ribbing and stuff is all in good fun and, and, and guys have a blast doing it. So, so,
2: um,
7: and we've got, you know, we've, we've got guys and girls, we've got guys, uh, their wives have bikes, they ride with us, you know, all sorts of things. So wack, it's, wackadoos it's really, come
1: in every flavor. Yes, they do. Yeah. I, I hope <laughs> you, you're not insulted. We refer to all the early adopters as, as wackadoos. They
3: are they're, they're <laughs> by far the smartest people we know, <laughs> yeah.
1: like by far. <laughs>
2: So, uh, no, I think hey, it's, I'll, br-
7: I'll bring up one thing, I'll yeah. bring up one thing real quick before we get on to maybe a different topic or or, 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 or direction here. But on the route choice and the strategy, mm-hmm. uh, another thing that you guys uh, may not have thought of or we we haven't talked about yet that's actually a pretty big difference in routes is the terrain and climbing hills. Mm. So if you've ever nice. tried to climb up and ride over the grapevine going into l a on an electric uh, vehicle or bike or motorcycle or car, or whatever, you'll know that going up those hills, drains the hell out of your battery so that's also something else you want to take into consideration is what do the what do the hills look like what's the train look like is the 101 flatter are the hills smaller and does that allow you an advantage to i'm
2: I'm gonna play devil's advocate there because i think the camarillo grade is as steep as the grapevine
7: it it may be as steep but it may not be as long so yeah but you uh, don't
2: have that big downhill on the other side going right well, Dropping into Valencia. To,
7: that's what you're gonna have to figure out is which is the lesser people. So, so
2: I think it's as good a time and I'm gonna ask Diego the same question that I'm gonna ask you. What was your decision process to buy an electric motorcycle? Because I'm guessing both of you are quite long term motorcyclists, aren't you? Uh
7: yeah. yeah.
2: So I, tell me about so I'll ask you first, Darren. What was your okay. is it Darren or Daryl?
7: It's, it's N, Darren with an N.
2: Okay, Darren, so what was your decision process to go from an infernal combustion engine to elastic trickery? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. Uh, I have been
7: riding motorcycles a long time. Um, this this was my first uh, electric motorcycle. I never had a bicycle or a scooter or anything like that. Oh, thank uh, God. But I will tell you, though, that what got me hooked was uh, I got a car first. So I initially made the the transition to an electric car about six years ago. Okay. Uh, I got hooked on the performance. I got hooked on the not having go, to go to the gas station. Um, I got hooked on being able to use solar at my house to charge it, all the benefits of having an electric car. And then as soon as I got hooked on that, I'm sitting there looking at my gas uh, motorcycles in my garage and I was like, well, I can't wait until... They can do the same thing on a motorcycle that, that, uh, I can now do on my car. Right. And so I started looking around and researching, uh, probably about four, uh, actually about five years ago now. And so in 2017, I, I, I started, I actually, my first ride was on a prototype live wire. Mm. So, uh, uh, Harley was doing a, a nationwide tour with some prototype bikes that they built. And I believe it was 2017 Diego would know. Yeah. Um, and I got to ride one. I got to demo one when they came to San Diego. And as soon as I demoed that live wire and I had my car at the time, I said, I'm hooked. I mean, and I said, as soon as the battery size and the range kind of gets to where I wanted it, I said, I'm in, I'll buy one. Yeah. And so I, I ended up, that was two years ago now. So I waited three years for the, the the batteries to kind of get a little bit larger, range a little bit farther. And the charging also needed to be faster. So when they came out with a model that had the the right size battery with the right size range that interested me, kind of fit my my needs, and then they combined that with the ability to level three charge uh, with CCS, I said, boom, that's the combo. So I I was like, I'm in.
1: So just to give people an idea. So um, Jim, if we were to hop on our leader bikes and ride from san francisco down to to san diego mm-hmm. what are we looking at like eight hours at no mo- not that
3: long. yeah at most at most
2: at most seven six or seven
1: you got to allow for traffic on the uh well it depends on because when i
3: i've done it but yeah on, like, on the like eight hours right so down can, san diego yeah seven eight hours i think in that range yeah. yeah
1: so how long do you guys think it'll take the the fastest to get down to San Diego uh, three well, and a half days
7: it took us it took us 13 <laughs> <A month. laughs> hours to do 500 miles going to Reno and this is about the same distance. so right. I'm going to say somewhere in that neighborhood
1: but I would think that there's even more charging stations now like I said the ones in in Soledad just appeared that's on the one hundred and one. If you're taking that, Diego.
3: Well, it seems it seems like we're the. Well, that's why I asked about the fast charging, and I've, I kind of have another question that plays into it. Because if you can get the fast charging down, right, that's the name of the game. But the other part is: is there someone in your group who's got the sweet setup? Like, if you're handicapping the race, who's got the bike that you know can go the for well, your, Alan, your thing? You mean? Well, besides when, Alan. Streamliner, but is there like uh, one bike setup <clears> that's like really dialed in for this?
6: You want to talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> point
1: system. You want to talk
6: about the point system?
7: We don't know. We don't know because uh, a lot of people would say Allen's setup is pretty ideal. Mm-hmm. I mean, and um, if we and all go the, the same way, cow. if we all go the same way, that bike has a lot of advantages. So he he could easily be the one to beat, um, assuming all else is is equal.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's as long as there's no crosswind. I was going to say it's, it's simple. It's simple physics. I mean, if you're all obeying the speed limit, then theoretically, the bike that can go furthest on a certain amount of kilowatt energy and charge the fastest is going to be the winner. Well, let me
3: ask this: Is it an Energica or a Zero? Which one just like out of or the box is better, or a live wire, or which, a live wire? Which one's best out of the Actually, box?
1: Actually, I I believe that the Energica's and the live wires are better suited than the zeros. Uh Just well, the um, zero
7: can't fast The charge. charging, so yeah, the, based on the, the charging alone. The challenge that the zero has is well twofold. One, they have a smaller battery mm-hmm. uh, than I think both the live wire and the Energica. So they they are, uh, but the biggest thing though is that they only level two charge. So you're going to be limited, and, and, th- and that also presents a location challenge because, as you've probably seen, not all Level 3 chargers now have Level 2 chargers co-located with them. Yeah. So you may have to go to a completely separate stop. And um, But they have some workarounds that you can add chargers and stuff like that to, to increase your charging speed. Uh, but I still think because they don't have the pure Level 3 chargers that the other two brands do... It puts them at a little bit of a disadvantage.
1: And how many people do you have signed up so far?
7: Uh well, I'd have to check the list, but I think uh, we're somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to
2: 15 right now. Oh, that's going to suck at the stop. That's <laughs> awesome, though. That, like, that was yeah. a whole other we, thing. We kind of got awake. Diego, can I ask you the same question? Because you were a long term <laughs> motorcyclist, too. What was your decision process? To get an electric motorcycle, was it the same as Darren's?
6: Well, it's very similar to what later half. I started basically in my house. We, my dad and my grandfather were electricians. You know, right. industrial electricians. So we've been. I've been around electrical devices, transformers, con, you know, con, converters, and all that stuff since I was a kid. Uh, I myself, my profession is I'm an IT person. I work in information technology. So when you marry a battery with a processor and put wheels on it and electric motor oh you're in hog heaven aren't you Um, I'm I'm yeah so basically I did the same adoption process I started with a Nissan Leaf that was my first entry to uh to electrical vehicles then I jumped over to the Tesla as soon as it became affordable to me and then with my Tesla I grew hair on my chest and instead (laughs) of sending it over to Tesla I would fix it that, myself. Was that a grounding so issue? broke. What happened? Well, man? no, it's, it's just I just felt ballsy because I I was an IT guy and I said, well, look this is a computer with wheels, so I can fix it myself. So I started doing videos on how to take this apart, how to do this, how to flash this, and obviously it picked up and it kind of it, it was it was excellent. I mean, it was like I didn't have to rely on Tesla for all the modifications and fixes. And obviously, okay. I've j- I've jailbroken my Tesla and, nice. and stuff. So as soon as Livewire came out as a product, you know because just like Darren, I had a taste of it and I go, oh my God, I wish this came out soon. Back in 2019, I was like, literally, I was about to buy an Ener- Energica and Livewire says, we're going to launch this on, you know, model, model year 2020. It'll be ready. And I said, here's my credit card. Take my money. You know, pretty much. I, I was even willing to take the demo that they had at the Consumer Electronics Show that day. That's how, how bad it was. But I was so into it that I started tweeting about it posting on Facebook, trying to build a little audience for it. And as soon as the first one landed in Southern California, I was lucky enough to secure that bike and I was, it was, it was fun because I was running around town and everybody had to have second takes, third takes to look at that. I mean, so much so that I even sent the bike up north, uh, to Brandon and, and Morgan. For mm-hmm. them to do a review on the bike, and that's when I met you guys yeah. at the uh, at at the garage. I think Diego fist
3: fought somebody at the airport for that bike.
6: Nice, <laughs> <laughs> got a chance to ride. Yeah, my I wrote it. back it early cool. on. It was it was it was a it was great being that outcast. You know, the only guy in town with a wire which was pretty awesome. You know, and at the beginning, I would pull up into all these biker bars, and you'd see the bikers going, "You know, you're never going to see me riding that piece of shit. That's not a real Harley." Same exact lip service I had gotten with my previous bike, which I bought twenty years before, which was a V-Ride. You know that's mm. not a real Harley. You know, so mm, right. it, it, was,
1: it was. So you're it used was, to being on the outside.
6: Uh, I like being <laughs> outside or, or exclusivity in a sense right. of a way. the well, out- a cutting yeah. edge. So yeah, but you know, so it's it's great. It's great. It, 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 and from that moment on, it's been a love affair, and I started pushing the bike, and I met Terry, and he started pushing my buttons, and started doing crazy rides. Terry pushes
1: everyone's buttons. <laughs> I know. Nice. So I have a question for you guys. Would it be considered cheating if you use the buddy system? The buddy system—if you didn't know—an electric motorcycle is when one you have one bike fully charged and the other one is tethered with a jumper cable, and riding side by side is that cheating?
7: That's a good one. I don't think anyone's tried it, but uh-huh. I'm gonna—I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with yes. All right. What if
3: I ride in a sidecar with a generator? You can just plug the so, Haunted generator right. Um,
2: up. I have. Ooh, I like that idea. A one word. <laughs> the answer's one word, and I'm going to ask Diego first, and then I'm going to ask you the same question, Darren. Diego, do you have any regrets about buying a Lifewire over the other electric brand?
6: No, none. I like my brand. I've always been a Harley guy for since 1992 when I got. I was there you able go. to get my first Harley. So I'm a brand guy, you know. But at the end of the day, now that they switched over to their own brand, because as you guys know, Livewire is no yep, longer... Yeah, it's its own brand. It's its own brand, and it's going it's going public in the next couple of weeks. Hmm. So uh, did that phase me? No. I mean, I think by them spending it out to its own brand, its own company, gives them the creative freedom to build products that they would probably have a harder time building under the Harley-Davidson brand.
2: Darren, do you have any regrets... About being the energica guy.
7: No, not at all. Um, I love the bike. I think it fits me perfectly. Um, they're all a little different.
4: Oh, so yeah. I don't think
7: I don't think anyone can really say that this bike is is exactly like this bike, which is exactly like this bike. They're all like slightly different, and I think they appeal to different people. Um, and I just think you know, right now for the kind of riding that I'm that I'm doing. Uh, this this make and model of the bike is is perfect for me and, and zero regrets. And, well, and, if
2: if you talk about brand progression, I think your ego is is a good progression for a sport bike guy. So, if we're talking about somebody who's used to been riding sport bikes to get on an ego, it, it's a good fit for them. It's a it's a very sporty machine.
7: It's very um um familiar yes right so so i can go ride with some uh some gas sport bikes and they can say hey let me try your bike and you let them on it and they're like wow this kind of feels just like my bike you know and and that's kind of what their goal was when they made it they're like hey we want to make this a high performing sport bike that we can race and track and we just wanted to you to go wow this is an awesome sport bike it performs amazing i love it and it just so happens to be electric you know what i mean where you're not you don't feel like you're compromising so um I, I think that's an easy easy comparison and transition for somebody if you're already riding a sport bike probably all the way up to a 750 or a liter bike right, right. um and then they have two other models one's more like a naked uh and then one's more like a standard and and so those kind of are better geometry fits for somebody who's not interested in a sport bike right. geometry you know they, they're like well I don't want to I don't want to lean so far forward I want to be more relaxed I'm going to sit up you know and, and they're not concerned about so much of the sport kind of aspect of it so they have they have a, a little bit of a, var- a variety there probably not as much as zero I think zero has the widest um spectrum of types of bikes that can appeal to just about everybody you know what I mean? So. If you really have a niche or you have a, something specific, one of the things I really like about Zero is their variety. You know, I mean, they're not just going after, you know, a high performance. They've got some things that are very good for potentially off-road or multi-road kind of scenarios, dual sport kind of things. And, and, and you know, I really like, like, even the FXE, you know, as far as a fun little bike that you can do a lot of things with uh, that just came out this year. So, and I'm really excited, like Diego said, to see how they spin and grow the brand because right now there's just one model live wire, but like you said, they're about to go public and who knows what they're gonna do after that. you know? And, and so many of these like little custom shops and stuff are, are showing that that uh, you could can, can put an electric motor and a battery in just about anything nowadays uh, and make it go. So it's really gonna be exciting, I think in the next probably three to five years to see what other models are gonna be out there.
1: So I have a question for y'all. Uh- from the beginning when the electric bikes came out, a lot of us asked the same question. Why don't they have a fairing? you know? And then Energica came out with like a sport bike style. And then, you know, they came out with the SRF, Zero did. They're getting closer. But, you know, Emma, there was, um, I think it was like a, a concourse here today. You look at a bike like that or even like right. a, a BMW R bike or an ST 1300 where the bodywork kind of shapes over your legs the mirrors are protecting your hands the windshield's coming up you're actually your entire body is is fared through this simple bodywork. and i have to ask do you guys understand why they haven't put better wind protection and fairings on these bikes yet
7: i have no idea yeah i, I have no idea i get that question a lot you know what i mean and it and uh, especially how sensitive and you know that of, of the aerodynamics affects the performance and range of the bike you would think that that would drive a lot more engineering yeah. decisions to make it as uh but as, I think uh, slick yeah. as you can
6: but yeah. what I think is also a styling situation you know Hardy-Davidson is big into the styling thing so they don't want to make something that may not be eye pleasing to the general population so they want to make it look as as motorcycle looking like as possible so you're not running around in a spaceship or something that is kind of oddball that would be my best guess on on the uh whole sacrifice between one and the I, other. Th- I
7: think that's important for early adopters too because uh and one of the things that i liked about the uh my ego is the is the styling of it i've had people on, on gas bikes literally like we'll stop at a at a at a lunch stop or something they'll do two walks around my bike and not have figured it out yet that it's electric you know what i mean so you know that's another thing is that it's it's it looks so familiar. It, it's, yeah. it doesn't make people look twice or be put off by it or have an opinion just because of the styling. They're like, hey, that basically looks like every other sport bike I've seen.
2: So in conclusion, we have two satisfied owners and they, they actually appear fairly normal. <laughs> I mean, they are wackadoos in every sense of the word, but quite normal wackadoos. Well, so. I,
3: I I love the whole thing that it's like this kind of thrown together race. It's like it's a mad, mad, mm. mad, 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 mad electric world. It's like, you know, run what you are brung, come, you know, figure out your own strategy and, uh, and we'll see when we get there. It sounds like a great, like a great reason to kind of, is it a race or is it a time? It's, endurance it's, it's you
6: against the elements with your strategy to get to the following uh, stop and then eventually make it the shortest amount of time. And pretty much you don't have to be, you know, the number one race race rider anybody can pretty much join us and jump on their bike and if they think they they can cruise down to san diego with us they're more than welcome to come down and who knows at the end of the pot there may be some nice gifts which we're working on so
7: i have a question one of our one of our plans is to make it as inclusive as we can is you don't have to like win or get there first to win a prize or or, you know what i mean so there's there's other things that we're going to experiment with this year that we didn't do last year that give people, no matter what kind of bike you're on, or when you get there, the opportunity, you know, to to get points and then potentially win mm-hmm. prizes, you know, at the end. So there's, there's some incentive for folks who may not be, you know, as uh, inclined to want to race or push it as hard um, or get there as quickly as some other people. You know, they still want to go and they still want to have a good time and it's still gonna be a lot of fun. And it's not just, hey, we'll see you when we get there. One of the the best parts about the ride is that more likely than not, you're gonna see people. In route, yeah, and right? see people at chargers. That totally. You, oh, hey, you picked this charger. Well, I did too. And you'd be surprising how oh how much overlap there is because we all start at the same time. And we've even had people catch up to people on the freeway, like going into Reno. We had a rider um, catch up to another rider right at the very last charge stop. So they're like, oh well, if he's pulling over there. I got to. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go to the next charger, and I'm going to hopefully beat him. So you'll also see people on the highway as you're riding. Uh, which makes it all the more entertaining,
1: and and the parking lot fistfights—that'll yeah, be exciting. Thing. Yeah, right.
3: So, 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 I'm curious. You've referenced it a couple of times. What's the deal with the point system? What's the the quick version of the point
7: system? Okay, the quick version is um, we we are because it seems like, like a cool concept. We're, we're still finalizing it, but what what we want to do is give people the opportunity to get points that are good at the end for prizes. Uh, so for example, obviously if you get to San Diego, uh, in the shortest amount of time, you're also going to earn points. So right now I kind of think of it like, Hey, you're going to get like, say, let's just say, for example, three points, if you get there first two points, if you get there second one point, if you get there la- or third kind of a thing. Uh, so there's an incentive to get there as quickly as you can, if you're, uh, if, if that's your goal, but there's also going to be slight diversions where let's say, for example, you you uh, you you may have to take a different router or, or something, but uh, there's going to be places that you can stop. For example, like a selfie or do things um, that you wouldn't do if you're just racing straight there. That will also possibly get you points. So One of the it's things like we we're game. talking about was mm-hmm. kind of like a game. So it's it's going to be a little bit of a hybrid, but there's going to be mixed incentives to do either one or the other or possibly both. So depending on how clever you want to get with it. You could be racing for time, but if there's a uh, an opportunity to stop at like we, we've talked about maybe the Hollywood sign, if you stop momentarily at the Hollywood sign, do a selfie and post it, that's good for a point, right? So you may or may not want to work that into your strategy oh my God. Light- because the more points you have when you get to San Diego, the more chances you have to win uh, prizes or, or um, you know, or, and make out so. That's this, kind of the point. This that's is so plan. up
3: Liza's alley. I think Liza wants an electric bike just to play this game. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yes, I, I that's gotta, brilliant, though. Well yes done. <laughs> that's <laughs> you a do.
3: great concept. Really I got. B- thank b- I you. got dynamic. a question
1: for y'all. Since you are electric guys, um, have you been following at all the the concept these uh, hybrid bikes that are being announced coming out? Um, yeah,
6: Yamaha. Yamaha announced a hybrid. Apparently, hybrid system.
1: Yeah, uh, I have that on the, the mm-hmm. screen. Um but it turns out there's a long history of of hybrid bikes being developed, um, never really making it to market, but being developed. Um and I'm just curious, uh, with you guys, is this do you think this is too little, too late, the hybrid? Do you think we're just the infrastructure and the technology is moving fast enough to go straight to electric? Or do you yeah, think we need the hybrid to bridge the gap?
7: I, to me personally, you know, you see a lot of prototypes these days and it's hard to keep up with them all, but my personal opinion is this might be too little, too late. I think the electric technology is, if you look at what the 2022 bikes uh, can do, or, you know, the latest offerings uh, from any of the manufacturers, you know, I I think they're just going to blow right past this. And within a year or two, it's kind of like the range on the electric cars. You're like, you've got a car now that can go 500 miles on a charge are you really going to care about a hybrid car anymore? You know, I'd be like, no, why bother? You know, and I think the bikes are going to do the same thing.
1: But the hybrids are what helped bridge the gap into, I mean, look how popular the Prius was, right? And it helped bridge the gap into electric. So I'm just curious.
7: I think think to me, what will really help bridge the gap is the price point. You know what I mean? So I'm not sure what price points these would come in at, but, but the Prius was pretty, affordable for a lot of people which really which really i think helped its adoption and i think that's one of the challenges of the electric bikes right now is price point it's they're they're a lot more expensive than most cars so you've right. got to find some sweet spot um and that's a lot of that's going to be in the pricing to get people to make the transition
2: and you know okay. motorcycles have a unique problem compared with cars even smaller cars than Priuses. Real estate is always an issue. And with a hybrid, you have to have a gasoline engine, mm-hmm. a means of powering the gasoline engine, a, a battery, and an electric engine. And th- that's quite a lot of stuff to put in a bike sized package. So I tend to agree with you, Darren, that I think hybrids, as interesting as they are, I think they're really a non-starter for motorcycling. We we need to go directly to full electric propulsion and just. And what would be the maintenance
7: required for a hybrid? Because one of the benefits that I've had with owning my electric motorcycle now, as well as my car, is the lack of maintenance. I mean, right. for from, right. I mean, compared to my my two gas bikes, I mean. They're, they're so much simpler and, and don't require near the maintenance of a, of a gas uh, engine.
1: Well, I, I mean, I think the big question is, uh, with all these mandates around the world about uh, getting rid of gas vehicles and going to electrify, what, 2030,
4: 2035?
1: Yep. Are we going yeah. to need these hybrids to help, I mean, fill the rest of the population to get us through that? I, I'm just so, curious. Well, I'm, I have, I have
6: a, I have a little bit of a different thought on that whole thing. I, I, I see where you guys are coming from, but I also, I, I look at it more from a, a pragmatic point of view. You know, you have your old school guys who still like their chrome, they like their pipes and stuff like that. But they, you, you will never sit see them sitting down on, for example, the picture of the bike. Yeah, you but out. you know what? Those, Those mandates
1: bikes. mean new vehicles. Those old bikes are going to be there forever. The same. Well, no, no, no. What,
6: I, what I'm saying is yeah. that they're going to be building. Yeah. Some sort of hybrid drive, classic looking bikes to help bridge the gap. Because I know a lot of old timer guys who will never sit on an electric bike just because it doesn't look, it doesn't have chrome, it doesn't have steel, it doesn't yeah. have the yeah. pipe. So what, I, what I'm what i saying is that yeah. there's going to be hybrid drive systems that are going to enhance the yeah. riding ability of the current combustion engine. Now, the question is, can we get all that packaged? combined into a current engine. Maybe Mm. we're going to go down instead of a 114 or 117 back to a smaller size engine. And then you have to share the real estate with the electric powertrain, which is going to give you like performance. If you had a 117.
1: Bagel, you're shaking your head. Why is that?
5: Well, I I think first of all, uh, for the same argument that was, that was raised before there's, there's only so much real estate you have in a bike and, and having two propulsion systems in one bike This is is adding so much extra weight and complexity that, you know, it's going to, it's going to invite problems and it's not going to be reliable. But, but the thing about hybrids is that they were introduced nearly, I think about 20 years ago, weren't Mm -hmm. they? Yeah. Um, Hybrid cars. And and that was the time when there was no electric vehicle infrastructure basically whatsoever. Uh, Al Gore would
1: argue with you about that.
5: I mean, there was a, you know, very small <laughs> amount of chargers here and there. You know, compared to what there is today, so so now there is the infrastructure that that that's that's able to support these vehicles. We just need more of it mm-hmm. because there, you know, there there are going to be more and more of these vehicles coming on the road as time goes on. Um, so know, keep
6: keep keep in mind that to put a motor on a motorcycle, you don't necessarily have to put it as a traditional electric motor somewhere in the chassis. You can also sure. put motors on the wheel hubs.
2: Sure. Mm-hmm. So, ah, but those, those are the into un- un- as well. <laughs> yeah, now you're getting into unsprung weight. And when you have a motor in a wheel hub, the unsprung weight, you've got to be really careful with handling characteristics now. Or, or you've um, got to have a lot of computer assistance to be able to manage that. Which handling. adds complexity into already small package now i
5: I will say that that probably is not as big of an issue on a big cruiser type bike because the rest of the bike has so much mass already but on a very lightweight bike having hub motors would be more of an issue yeah Mm -hmm.
1: well i love what you guys are doing because for a lot of people um including myself the downside of electric bike is The being able to ride a long distance and finding opportunities to charge and being able to ride with friends. And you guys have turned that into a challenge and made it fun. So that's something that that's, I love what you guys are doing. If there is somebody who wants to join or follow you, where do they get more information?
7: Uh right now we've been doing pretty much everything on Facebook. So we've got a Facebook group that has uh, kind of been the the uh, central location for planning and organizing. That's um uh, SoCal Electric Motorcycle Owners Group. Um there's links to it in basically every other electric motorcycles group in on Facebook for the brand so zero uh, we've posted links, uh, Energica group, we've posted links, the Diego's Livewire groups, we've posted links. Um, so we're trying to kind of since obviously well not obviously, but most people I think are, are using Facebook um, for whatever reason, you know it seems to be working as kind of a central way so we can talk and, and plan things and, and then execute. Um, so that's the easiest way to do it is if you have a Facebook account if, if we can point you in the direction of, of that group, we can get you added and uh, and then uh, join the event uh, on Facebook, and then there's all the discussion for that. Um, we're also trying to, you know, we've got Instagram accounts that people are using personally to to help spread the word on other platforms, things like that. But the, the easiest way is, is hopefully is if folks have a, a Facebook account.
1: Thank you so much. And I, I want to, I, I need to start wrapping this up, but before we do, Diego, I want to ask you, What's your prediction? Who's going to win?
6: Uh, This year with the point system, it levels the playing field. So the zero guy, if he does additional points, he can easily take gold.
1: Do you mean Allen or anyone on a zero?
6: Anybody on a zero. I mean, at at this time, because we know it, we've we've talked about this in the past. I mean, when you have a bigger battery pack and we said it here, you have a bigger pack, you have more range, you have, you know, better advantages of being first in the finish line so right. why don't we make it inclusive and add the point system which then a guy with a zero or a guy with a live wire who doesn't have the 215 battery pack if he makes that little detour does that selfie he might be able to catch up in points to the first place guy. So I mean, he- it's been proven because there was a, earlier this year a a, a, a last year a, a challenge uh it was called charge across america it was a tv show on nbc wasn't it Darren? uh Char- yeah charge nbc across sports america, nbc sports where they grab Every car that was out there, Porsche's, you had uh, Audi's, you had a bunch of other cars that were non-Tesla's, obviously, because Tesla has an inherited advantage of their network and their performance, but they grabbed these cars and they had a charge across America race between five teams, 10 people, and they did a point system. And at the end of the day, you would have thought, okay, the Porsche Taycans, the biggest battery in this pack, the fastest charging times, 250 kilowatts. It was insane, they were gonna win, but they ended up coming in third because they didn't take advantage of the points. So that's where it kind of it helps it out. All
1: so there, right, well, is no,
6: no fork, there is no 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 There is projection who's going to win. It's all it, oh man. There's it, Anybody can take it.
1: Well, I'm in the group. Thank you for you inviting me to join. So I'm going to follow this, and maybe we'll post the winner, see which bike won, because this is very exciting. I want to thank you guys for coming on and telling us about it. Cannonball. Well,
7: yeah. thank you. Thank you. Yeah. and 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 as diego was describing that's kind of the intent of this year is to not just make it a race where somebody or everybody knows who's going to win right Mm -hmm. so um we want to keep it interesting we want to make it as inclusive as we can we want to make you not have a i you know a foregone conclusion on who's going to win um and i think we've got some new bikes this year that we didn't have last year, and I think that's going to uh, toss this up even more. So one of those, uh, we don't have the final list yet of the bikes, but I think one of those players on a new bike that wasn't available last year uh, may surprise everybody.
1: Well, and I, you know, I think I'm going to vote for Alan Smith too because in the case of a fist fight at a charging port, he's scrappy.
3: Oh yeah, he's wiry. But do not
1: underestimate him.
4: He's
7: he yeah He's right. but he's in leathers all the yeah. time.
1: Well, cool. Thank uh-huh. you guys for joining us. Well, thank you and, very much uh, for
7: having us. We had a
2: great time. Good
1: luck on it. I love what you guys are doing, like I said, and making it a fun event.
2: All right. Well, Ciao, Darren. Ciao, to Diego. Diego. All right. Ciao, Take care. care.
1: Yeah, isn't that cool?
3: Oh, it's great. I like the game I aspect. Know, it's like right? a total, like, now you don't know, know. You don't know who's going to win. I know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> nice.
1: Well, you, you nice. guys are welcome to stay with us if you want. We're about to get into game time.
3: Oh,
6: my.
1: Oh, Good Lord. So, Diego, you, st- right. you stay in or are you going?
6: I'm hanging for a couple of minutes. All All right. Right. Then you, can,
1: you can jump in on this because it's, this right. is a, a fun game time. Everyone gets to play along, but I'm going to have you guys each keep your own score and we'll see who
2: wins. And hey.
1: this is motorcycle trivia. Oh, God. Are you guys yeah. ready? I think so. Okay. Ready as I'm going to be. Okay. In 1887... Do we hit the
3: buzzer? How does this <laughs> no, no, work? No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no.
1: It's a multiple choice. Okay. Uh, in 1887, Yamaha started as a piano manufacturer, but today is a multinational conglomerate that still produces musical instruments. Which one of the following do they not produce? One, wheelchairs. Two, swimming pools. Or three, Jet engines. All right. You guys need to lock in your answers. What do you guys think? Uh, Begum, what do you think? One, two, or three?
5: I'm going to go with two.
1: Swimming pools. Emma, what are you thinking?
5: I'll go one.
1: Wheelchairs. Yeah. All right. Lila? Two also. Swimming pools. Uh, Jim?
6: I'm going wheelchair.
1: Wheelchair. And Diego?
6: I'm just going to go against everybody. I'm going to go jet engines.
1: Okay. <laughs> just well, who's going against them. They they also make if you did not know boats car engines swimming pools industrial robots wheelchairs oh rvs electronics and golf carts they do not make jet engines diego gets well the done point. diego well done <laughs> wow yeah good job all right the next one the record for the longest ever backwards motorcycle ride was set by I don't know how to say this. Dipayan Chaudhary in India on October 7th, 2014. How far did he ride backwards on a motorcycle? One, 2.1 miles. Two, 50.2 miles. Or three? 125.52 miles. Oh, three. All right, Emma's going to three. Bagel? Three. Three. All right, Lila? Two. Two, that would be 50. Mm-hmm. Jim? Three. Three, Maybe we well, may as well do 100, 125. Yeah,
6: right. And Diego? I'll do the same strategy. One. Nobody else chose that. Uh,
1: the answer is 125.52 miles. Backwards, yep. I think. Yeah, a couple of you got points. Well, I was going to say,
2: if you... Did we get
3: that one? What did I guess? I can't remember.
2: Yeah, you I you did too. the That's long one. You it, if you've like, got yeah, the okay. technique, you right. you're just going to ride until the gas tank empties. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you can go 50, you can keep going. Right? Yeah. All right.
1: Are you ready for the next one? Yes. Uh, Diego might have an advantage on this one. We will see. HOG became the official acronym of the Harley Owners Group and is the trading symbol of Harley Davidson on the New York Stock Exchange where did the name come from? One, it was from the early part of the 1900s, Harley's racing team, the Wrecking Crew. They had a small pig as a mascot, and one of the riders would do victory laps with the pig sitting on the bike's gas tank. Two, founders Arthur, William, and Walter raised and showed hogs on their farm growing up and were quite fond of them. Or three, it comes from the shipbuilding term to bend or become bent convex upward along its length as a result, either of the hole being supported in the middle and not at the ends, in referring to the common occurrence of the frame bending too easily on the early models. Number
2: right. one. I'll go three. Number
1: one. Emma's going with shipbuilding term. All right, Lila? Three also, yeah. Three shipbuilding term. Jim?
3: I was going to go with one until three. Three, three shipbuilding yeah.
1: term. And Bagel? I'm going with one. One, the pig as a mascot is the correct answer. Oh, I made excellent. up the others. <laughs> well, good making up. Thank you. Um, but hog actually is a shipbuilding term. It yes. actually does mean that. It had nothing to do with Here, the Here's cycles. a
6: little trivia. There's a, an iconic picture of a racer back from the early 1900s holding a pig. It's mm-hmm. a Harley Davidson jersey. And the story behind him is that that picture was taken a week before that racer killed himself in a race. Mm. Flat oh, wow. tracking.
1: See, I said said Diego might have a, I mean, uh, yeah, then he may have an advantage. Okay, next one. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah. Company founder, Hirotoki Arai, was once a motorcycle stunt rider, and the company is still privately owned today and run by the Arai family. But Arai got its start making something besides helmets. Which one of these is correct? One, was it a button factory? Two, leather boots for hiking and soldiers, or three, a hat-making company? All right. Bagel? I'm going to go with number two. Leather boots for hikers and soldiers. Emma? I think number two as well. Leather boots and, okay, Lila? I'm going to go with one. A button factory. Jim?
3: (laughs) I think two just on how you said it. Two
1: leather boots. And Diego? Hat-making? And Diego would be right. I made up the rest. (laughs) Good job. All right. Here's another one. The dead red law. Have you heard of this? The dead red law.
3: No, that sounds scary.
1: Officially (laughs) is designated IC9-21-3-7B-3 Says you can treat a stoplight as if it were a stop sign. Motorcyclists only have to stop for 120 seconds at a red stoplight, then proceed through the intersection cautiously. Which state made this a law in 2015? One, New York, two, Indiana, or three, Florida? All right.
2: Let's go with Emma this time. Sounds like a Midwest thing. Indiana. Okay. And let's go Bagel. Number one. New York. How about Diego?
1: One. New York. Jim.
3: One. vez. Yeah.
1: New York. And Lila? Florida. Florida. <laughs> Who said Indiana? Me. That is correct.
3: Really? But all wow. good ideas come out of Florida. Ew. How can that
1: be? <laughs> I know. Be? Yes, I, that's I that's know. All right. motorcycle Florida never Man. know. Florida Florida is crushed. Know. All right. Who, who has no points?
2: I think we've all got a point. You have two. You
1: have two points? I, two. Two I, have, I don't think I have any Diego, how many
4: points do you have? Two? <laughs> I got
1: two. I forget. No, I, I have, think
4: you have you three. Three, maybe 1,000 points. Three thousand
1: points? Okay. It's a close game. You guys ready? We In 1887... Yamaha. No, wait. No, I read that one. Sorry. Yes. Going to the second page. Okay. I hate these names. Company founder, Michio Suzuki.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: Wanted to diversify his company and began an engineering firm that started making small cars and engines during the 1930s. Yes. Yes. In fact, the first Suzuki motorcycle appeared in 1952 and was a motorized bicycle called the Power Free. Yes. Had a two-stroke 36cc engine. Um, What product did they originally make?
2: Oh, I know the answer to this.
1: Number one, weaving looms. Number two, a pulmonary resuscitation machine. Or number three, chef's knives and cooking pots. Lila, we're going to start with you. Can you repeat the first one? Weaving looms, pulmonary resuscitation machine, or chef's knives and cooking pots? Uh, Two. Two, pulmonary resuscitation machine. Jim, you want to take a shot at this?
3: Yeah. I wasn't paying attention in the first part, but pulmonary resuscitation (laughs) sounds like
6: suck, press, bang, blow, so I'm going to go with that All right.
1: All right. Uh, Diego? Um... Knives. Chef's Knives, Cooking Pots, uh, Bagel. Number one. Weaving Looms and yes. Emma.
2: Yeah, it's number one.
1: That is correct. It's Weaving <laughs> Looms. I made up yes. the others. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. In fact, I was quite surprised to find that there was a pulmonary resuscitation machine made in 1908. Hmm. Yeah, they existed hmm. then. Did it work? Wow. Yeah. All right, here's one. This, this, is, this is a gimme for some of you, and for some it may not be, so let's find out. Tra-la-la. Peter Fonda wore the Captain America jacket and rode the Captain America chopper for a week around Los Angeles before shooting began on the movie Easy Rider so that he could give them a broken-in look and to get used to riding the radically designed bike. In fact, the design on the back of the jacket and on the gas tank and the bike caused him to be pulled over several times by the police. What was that design? Was it A, a naked pinup girl? Or sorry, one. Two, the letters FTP, which stand for fuck the police. Or three, an American flag. Jim, let's start with you.
3: America's son, three.
1: Number three, all right,
2: Lila. Yeah, America. All right. Emma? As only an English woman can guess. Number three. All right. Diego? Flag. And bagel?
1: Number three, America. That is correct. I found that Fuck fascinating that yeah. <laughs> that got him pulled over by the police. Because they thought it was cool. They're like,
3: dude, that's so cool.
1: No, I think it was considered disrespectful then. Yeah, I know.
3: Right. Isn't that Violation fascinating? I know.
1: That was, that was a gamey. I just thought it was really cool. Okay. Yeah. Aside from making motorcycles, Kawasaki also manufactures many other products. Which of the following do they not make? One, vending machines. Two, power tools. Three, helicopters. Let's start with Diego on this one. Which Uh, one of those do they not make? Choppers. Helicopters? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Lila? Vending machines. Vending machines.
2: Jim? Uh, Vending machines. All right. Emma? I know they make helicopters because they do a version of the Boeing um, Vertol. Uh,
1: Vending machines. What was the... Vending machines, power tools, or helicopters? I'm going to go for the power tools. Power tools? Mm -hmm. Bagel, did I go to you yet? I'm going with vending machines. Vending machines. The answer is... They also make, in addition to motorcycles, personal watercraft, ships, electronics, construction equipment, tractors, trains, jet engines, missiles, and space rockets. They do not make vending machines.
3: There wow! Yeah, go. two. All
1: right. All right. One more. Here okay. we go. Oh, we've got. There's two more. All right. Honda motorcycles in California were the most stolen motorcycle in 2011. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Okay. Um Honda, yeah, Honda, Yamaha, Yamaha, Suzuki and Kawasaki were the top four brands of motorcycles stolen in California. What was the number 5 brand? Was it 1? Was it Ducati? Was it 2? Was it BMW or was it 3? Harley Davidson. Oh, all right, I'll, let's go with them on this one. I'll go 3. Harley Davidson, Layla, BMW, BMW, Jim.
3: I'm gonna try Diego's thing. I'm going one
1: <laughs> Ducati. All right, bagel. I'm gonna go with Harley. Harley, all right, and let's see, uh, Diego. Harley. Harley was number five. All right, this right. next one. This is the last one, and this one isn't as an, an audio clue. Oh, that sounds terrible. All right. Well, we'll try and get through it. Sorry about the buzz. All right. So this next one uh, has an audio clue. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the new Star Trek movies, right? No. So uh, the sound made by the motorcycle that Chris Pine rides to the shuttle departing the Starfleet. Remember, he plays young Captain Kirk, and he's heading off Starfleet. Um, They used a sound effect, uh, and you have to guess what this sound effect had been previously used for. So here's the sound it's like this levitating thing. You need to hear it again? Here. Sure.
3: Sounds great in the headphones.
1: Okay, so here's the question. That sound effect that they used in the movie, was it also used, uh, one, as the Jetson's car, two, the Millennium Falcon Falcon Hyperdrive, or three, the Green Goblin's Goblin Glider from Spider-Man 1? All right, Bagel, what do you think that sound effect was used for?
7: Oh,
5: man.
1: Because, you know, they reuse a lot of sounds and they can...
5: What was uh, number two? And they modify them. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's either the Jetsons, the Millennium, Li- right. Millennium Falcon, mm-hmm. or the I'm gonna, Green Goblin's Glider.
5: I'm going to go with the Jetsons.
2: Jetsons, okay. Emma, what say you? I didn't recognize it as the Jetsons. And it sounds too clunky to be the Millennium Falcon. So I'm going to go for the Green Goblin. All right. Lila?
1: No oh, the last one. <laughs> the green goblin from Spider-Man One. Yeah, all right, Jim.
3: I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go Jetsons.
1: Jetsons, okay. uh Diego Jetsons. And did I get Bagel? did I get you? Yeah, I started with you Yeah,
7: yeah.
1: All right. And just as a reminder <laughs> that is the Jetsons card. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Really? Cool. Are you sure Slightly about modified that? modified version, but yeah, yeah, it's modified, but yeah.
1: And that is our trivia game. So, who won? Nice. How many? How many points did you get, Bagel? I, th- I think I think Diego won. Seven. Seven, Diego. How many did you get?
5: Five.
2: Five. Really, Jim?
5: I, I got like three. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Same.
2: <laughs> seven thousand eight hundred twenty-one. <laughs> I'm going to say that Bagel is the winner. Bagel uh, is uh, well <laughs> done. Bagel is the winner in everything that he enters. Well done, Bagel. Thank you. I thank you.
1: (laughs) That was fun. So, um, (laughs) I wanted to get real quick. Let's see. Let me see how much time you have, Emma. Can you do it in 15 minutes? Mm. Yes. Okay. I asked Emma to do a history haul.
4: Oh, good. Yeah, this is a good one. (laughs)
1: Um, And hopefully, if you are a member of the AMA, like many of us are, uh, you get the AMA magazine. Mm-hmm. And on the cover of the magazine, the cover story was Two Stroke Superbikes of the 70s. Ah, yes. And I thought, ah, oh, that'd be great. They covered a lot of them there, but we have Miss Emma, who knows yeah. even more. <laughs> so, well, Emma, was, and this is something, this is really I in your was wheelhouse. I mean, the, there were <laughs>
3: the some
1: bikes that to, even today puts fear in a lot of us. Like, right. oh, I don't want to try that. And some of it's real and some of it's display. So- and, and this also counterbalances that we talked about electric bikes.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> we're now, totally right. We're now even it out <laughs> with two strokes of the 70s. So let's do a little history hole, shall yes, we? Yes, yes. Because it's been a while. So let's entitle this one two-stroke superbikes of the 70s. <laughs> I like that. Creative. And... I want to make something clear before we start. I mean, everybody thinks there was this just massive shift. These bikes burst onto the scene and everyone just peed the pants and went, oh, these things are great. It was just you, though. But it actually wasn't like that. It was kind of developed. And we'll deal with that. So we're going to go back to the 1960s. And in the 1960s, the British manufacturers dominated pretty much everything. Even the lightweight bikes. If you wanted a small bike, you bought a Triumph Tiger Cub or a BSA Bantam. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Germans made some very, very nice little bikes as well, DKWs. But the majority of volume production bikes were English, and the majority of them were four-strokes. Now... The Japanese manufacturers were eager to have a slice of that pie. And they thought, okay, if we make a simple bike at an affordable price point, but is as high performing, if not more so than the English offering, we're going to be on to a winner. So it's no surprise that all the manufacturers, with the exception of Honda, had two-stroke mm-hmm. bikes what's the advantage of a two-stroke well a two-stroke produces power twice as often as a four-stroke
1: hold on lila is new to two strokes so give her the the elevator pitch of what a two-stroke so, is. so
2: what a two-stroke is it's a machine that completes its combustion cycle In two strokes of the piston, down and up. And that's a complete cycle that involves induction, combustion, uh, induction, compression, combustion, and exhaust just by the piston going up and down. A four stroke requires four strokes of the piston to do it. Induction is one. Compression is another. <laughs> Thank you, Bagel, for the visual aid. Explosion, <laughs> ignition, and then exhaust. So theoretically. It's in German. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know. Hey, Lila, Bagel's giving you a visual aid.
2: <laughs> so two yeah. strokes. Thank you, Bagel. You're welcome.
5: I just happen to have this sitting in my garage.
2: <laughs> a very, very easy to make good power from a smaller capacity. But hang on. There are disadvantages with it. Mm -hmm. Um, The engines need external lubrication, and because they need external lubrication, they can be a little bit dirty. There's always a cloud of blue smoke behind them because they run on total loss oil systems. Um, And they're not the most economical. If you were to take a 250cc four-stroke, it may do forty five fifty to the gallon. Two-stroke will do maybe 30, especially if you give it the beans. So anyway, (laughs) during the late, mid to late 60s, there were just gazillions of Japanese two-stroke, mostly twin-cylinder bikes that made good power, were fun as hell to ride and very economical and were relatively high performers. Now, the AMA magazine pointed to the kawasaki mach 3 500 as really the first superbike and that was introduced in 1969 but i don't actually agree with that i think if we really want to talk about the first superbike two-stroke superbike we need to go back two more years and in 1967 um quite a famous tire manufacturer but not quite so famous motorcycle manufacturer called Bridgestone introduced a bike called the 350 GTR. And the 350 GTR was interesting in a number of ways. It was a 350 twin-cylinder, two-stroke bike, but it could outperform a British 650. It was quite expensive, um, and it was... Very exclusive bike from when it was new. And I would argue that is the first two-stroke superbike. The price point kept it out of the reach of a lot of people. So that, yes. You know what
1: that bike kind of reminds me of? The, the new Royal
2: Enfield
1: Meteor. Mm. It kind of it well, reminds y- me a little bit of that,
2: you know? It didn't perform like one. It doesn't look like a sport bike. Right. Yeah. But you've got to remember, this is 1967. Mm-hmm. So... If we regard that as the first, let's move on two years to the Mach 3 500. So the Mach 3 500, let's talk about what it was. It was a three-cylinder bike in a field of two-cylinder bikes. The Honda 754 hadn't been introduced just yet. Triumph had already introduced the Trident. So that was a three-cylinder bike, but it was a four-stroke. The Mach 3 500, two-stroke, three cylinders, 70 horsepower, and the power. One of the characteristics of a two-stroke is they tend to be rather gutless at lower speed and then they become efficient at a very, very specific point in the rev range, usually higher up in the revs. And in the case of the Mach 3, the power came in all at once at about 5,000 rpm, this made for quite an interesting riding technique because if you were inexperienced, you got on this thing, opened the throttle and thought, well, this thing's quite gutless. <laughs> and then you kept the throttle pinned and then suddenly the tack hit 5000 and then off you went. It was like being <laughs> shot out of a gun. <laughs> if you add to that, chassis and braking technology in the 60s wasn't great. And this thing was built to a lightweight specification. It was really quite an entertaining bike to ride. I've ridden many of them. They're always terrifying. They're always fun. It's a very, very visceral bike to ride. It shakes. It rattles. It's noisy. It has no brakes. And I mean no brakes. (laughs) The handling is truly frightening. But it gives you an impression of speed like no other. And for a while, certainly in California, it absolutely ruled the drag strips because you could toddle off down to the Kawasaki dealer and for less than $1,000, you could buy a machine that could blow off the mightiest V8 in the quarter mile. And I mean, this is great. This is a performance for everyone. And that really set the ground rule for the superbikes. So although the Bridgestone was first, the Kawasaki, I guess, was the beginning of the of, of what we envisage as a superbike. In 1972, 72, Kawasaki actually added a 750 to it. And you're going to say, well, hang on, if the 500 was fast, the 750 was a lot faster. And in truth, it kind of wasn't. It was, a, it was a quick bike, but it was a, actually a lot more refined. It had more torque than the 500. It had a lot better braking than the 500, and the frame had a chance to be developed, so it was a lot more pleasant bike to ride. And at the time, Kawasaki were very, very eager to have some kind of corporate image. You see, they had the, the Z1, in 73, which was the 900 four stroke four cylinder, but they were eager to have a range of bikes and have this very, very um singular image. So they were they had this range of two two stroke three cylinder machines. The smallest of one was the 250, which was the S1, 350 S2, later it became the S3 400. Then the H1, which was the 500, and that really went from 69 all the way through to 75. It went through H1, H1, A, B, C, D, E, F, and then ended as the KH500. And then, of course, the H2s. The H2A was the first, and then it went through the D. That's just Kawasaki. Now, Honda stayed with the four-strokes. Yes. I have a question. Did there Were there any Italian
1: two-strokes? Oh, yeah. Super bikes.
2: Well, no, hang on. Not really. Italy were far more interested in a smaller capacity. Benelli had a very, very nice two-stroke twin, which made very, very good power.
1: When when it went by, would you hear this?
2: Deli
0: Fagioli exactly
1: (laughs) give (laughs) him the
4: beans (laughs) (laughs) that was like Mario Brothers or
2: whatever Um, (laughs) but what's very very interesting is Honda were committed to four strokes so we're not going to talk about Honda right now there is a postscript involving Honda Kawasaki went all in Suzuki went all in but in a slightly different tangent Yamaha were quite happy with their two strokes, but in terms of what they thought a two stroke should be, they kept them below 350. And eventually the 350 became a 400, but that was it, aside from a glorious postscript, which again we're going to talk about. So, really, I'm going to concentrate on Kawasaki's and Suzuki's, because these were the true big superbikes. Suzuki we already a very established brand, and they were also keen to have this very, very singular corporate image. So they also chose three cylinder bikes. Um, and they also had a range of twins, but the three cylinder bikes are really the super bikes. What they did was rather than compete with Kawasaki, they said, "Look, we're going to make these bikes a little larger. We're going to rubber mount the engines so they're a little more pleasant to ride." Soften up f- the power curves a little bit and make a touring bike, a grand touring bike, the GT range.
1: Now they're still making four strokes throughout this whole time, right? Two stroke was just another option being offered like not, they
2: do with dirt bikes. Not by Suzuki, not the only four stroke that Kawasaki was making mm. at this time was the Z1, the superbike.
1: So they did put all their eggs in one basket with the
2: absolutely, two stroke. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, for a long, long time, Suzuki only did two strokes. Hmm. Kawasaki just had the Z1, then they added the, the KZ650, and then, of course, everything went to four strokes. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. The Suzuki range was in two cylinders. They had the 125 twin, the 185 twin, the 250 twin. The 350 twin was what in reality was the 305, the 500 twin, but the triples were the interesting ones. 350, 550, and the 750, which had the benefit of water cooling, which made it all the more exotic. Now- Is that like the water buffalo? That is indeed the water buffalo. Right, iconic, yeah. Oh, I love that thing. Yeah, yeah. And- So everyone, all the old boys listening now will say, oh, yeah, the H2 was a far faster machine. The reality was thus. It was, but not as much as you think. There's a very, very famous cycle um, magazine, Road Test, from 1974 with a GT750M and an H2B, I think. And they are so similar in performance. The Kawasaki is like a quarter of a second quicker on the quarter mile. The Suzuki is maybe one or two miles an hour slower in top speed. They're very, very close. So really, they they were alongside one another. What killed them off? It was very, very simple. Emissions. Ralph Nader. Oh, no. What? Well, (laughs) you could argue. (laughs) You know, the fuel crisis of 73 was really a wake-up call for everyone. Yeah. Detroit realized it couldn't make eight liter V eights anymore. And it really needed to get its act together.
1: Was there ever an American made two stroke?
2: Oh yeah. Usually
1: companies that came and went. Right. Exactly. Oh, it might've been something small, like an all state or something. Right. Exactly. Got it.
2: And, um, the America got together with a company called Osa and made the 500 Mm -hmm. twin Yankee Spanish. Yes. Yes. Very nice bike. Um, But, you know, and the motorcycle manufacturers realized that the two-stroke days were numbered. So really, 76 and 77 were the last halcyon years for the two-strokes. From that point forward, they were done. Now, not quite, because there's a little postscript to this, and I'd like to talk about this when I have a little more Mm -hmm. time, but in the 80s, in the mid-80s, two-strokes made a glorious comeback. Just really as a postscript for pure performance. And...
3: Is this like the GP bikes?
2: No, these were street bikes. Okay. And Yamaha um, brought out the uh, RD500LC, which was a V4 two-stroke, 100 horsepower. And Suzuki brought out really in my opinion, the finest two-stroke street bike ever made, which was the RG 500, which was a square four two-stroke, and again, 100 horsepower. When you compare the RG and the RD, the RG's definitely the more modern bike of the two, but it's just like a final postscript. And Honda, our staunch four-stroke friends, thought they'd get in the act too. And did... um, the NSR four hundred.
1: Right, and I was gonna say my favorite two stroke motorcycles are scooters. Dude, ooh, do ooh. you see those like s- those uh, videos of like uh, dudes just railing on these two strokes and just like Wah! yeah, oh. which ones? Well, uh, Lam- uh, There's like that dude on a Lambretta who just like
2: just blast past everyone. I love that.
5: So, oh yeah, oh, there's some super fast Lambrettas out there.
2: Yeah, had I not been sitting. On the internet this morning, this is where the story would have ended Mm -hmm. (laughs) with this, like, little postscript in the 80s. But here I am on Motor Trend this morning, and I hear that Mazda, Mazda. Mazda? In order to get the final (laughs) um, development out of internal combustion engines, have a two-stroke on the drawing board right now. Oh,
1: shit.
5: Wow.
1: I guess if which they can pass, get use, the pass EPA, that's which, all that matters. Fuel, well,
2: fuel no, ejected, they, I assume. So what they've done with this two-stroke, it actually has valves, but it has valves hmm. within the porting system to make it more efficient. And with hmm. fuel injection, with variable yep. timing yep. and the valves, it's as efficient as any four-stroke. It makes really good power. Very cool. And they're using it as part of a hybrid propulsion system. So I guess two strokes Hmm. may be making a comeback. But as someone who actually wrote these things in the 70s, I mean, there was absolutely nothing as glorious as riding a big two-stroke on the street. It's an experience like none other.
1: Okay, I have a quick game for everyone in the room. So we're surrounded by hundreds of toy motorcycles. First one to find a two-stroke wins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, because I've been looking right around. There. <laughs> I, I've been looking around. I think I found a couple. So let's see. She, Lila's looking. She has no idea what she's looking for. This one? Nope. <laughs> What's that? What? Oh wait, is that a two-stroke? Did she find one? Is it? Yeah, it's a 125. That's it's a Mako. Um, she oh, found a yeah. Mako. Well done. Wow, Lila, you
0: won. You had no faith, Liza. No, no, you
2: none. You were a free I T-shirt. Because
1: I'm looking up there. looks like there's an FZ or an up here. Now, the you'd be yellow surprised. I'm no. from the woods in Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> we only have
2: two strokes. But remember, uh, around. <laughs> we're talking about street bikes right now. Yeah. You can walk into a KTM dealer buy a two-stroke. You can walk into a Yamaha dealer, buy a two-stroke.
1: Wait, is that a two-stroke? Is that a KLR? Yes. That is not a
2: two-stroke.
1: Oh, it's a six fifty. Yeah, you, you got so, lucky. Um, <laughs> you could have picked up that Lambretto right there, too. But 2 but strokes I didn't. <laughs> two-stroke
2: street bikes, especially big two-stroke street I won bikes... I that game. There's nothing that Fair sounded like them, nothing that smelt like them. It was a unique <laughs> riding experience.
1: Well, thank you very yes. much, Emma. That was
2: great. Now I want to go to Arma.
3: I want to go to Arma Race again. Laguna I know. I'll right? fall that two-stroke.
1: Jim, have you ridden a two-stroke? You have yet? Yeah. Yeah. You tried yeah, the yeah. dirt bike? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, they're a blast.
3: They are. It's it's wow, a
1: very just, just a
5: totally just, different wow. experience.
1: Yeah, I you know. know. I want I want to bagel get me a, a two-stroke scooter sometime. I want to I want to try. Uh,
5: you let me know when you, if you're ready. I will find you one. I did. They just you look look like find you a vintage Vespa. Blast. You will love
1: it. Um, quick a, a announcement. So. Um, well, you guys can't see Bagel. You can see what we're wearing here in Ooh, the studio. Shirts. We're wearing our nice. brand new T-shirts that um, I announced last week that they, they were in. And I spent, I took two days off from work. I hope my bosses. When looking. I saw
3: oh, all those shirts you got to mail.
1: Did you see like, how many are left? I dude. mailed out. Whole, uh, I, yeah it took two work days off was a lot of shirts to mail out shirts so wow. um, and some people started getting them already so you, yeah if you're a Patreon subscriber at five dollars or more a month you will get one I still have some extras so if you want to get in on this and get one of these fancy shirts that you can't see but I am sporting right now uh, just become a Patreon subscriber five bucks or more it's that simple um, and oh Emma Hello. Your trip. Your trip has been quite popular. In fact, yes. I have I have a couple emails which will then get to information about your trip. Okay, very well, how good. How about that? Uh, the first one is from Joshua. He says, Joshua. Hey there, I heard about the Misfits Italy trip and was wondering where I could find more information on it. I checked out Kat's website but didn't see any tours that fit the description. I'd like a little help here. Seems like it'd be an absolute blast. So the first answer is uh, the, the last two shows, I think, and this one. I'm putting it in our show notes. The link directly in our show notes.
3: Yeah, you probably just email Cat too. Just email uh, him.
1: At yeah, his because Ka- it's not one of Cat's regular tours, so yeah. he did not it, it, put yeah, it, it. It's not up.
5: an advertised tour,
1: right? This is kind of a, a misfits deal. Special. Um, uh, if you're listening, the website is we com slash trips slash Dolomites. I think. Does that sound right? I don't know. I'm, I'm doing things on my phone that I can't see, um, but I put the link in the show notes. That's where you can find it. And, uh, I guess I'll throw another link up on our Facebook page too. Um, and then we have a second one. Emma, I need you to pay attention now. I am paying attention. This one is from our friend Ian. Hello, Ian. Ian. Oh, yeah, I saw his name. He's, gotten a, he's getting a shirt. He says, hey, everyone. Myself and my buddy Brandon have both signed up for the Emma Experience. Oh, good Oh, i I'm stoked to meet the misfits that are going and to go ride out there. It has been a dream of mine for quite some time. I've been to Germany a few times and Italy once, but I have not had the opportunity to ride just a thought for topic discussion. Uh what are some things that can be done to train or prep for riding the Alps? Uh, for example, he lives in central Florida where it's mostly flat. Any ideas for some training that can be done to help get up stamina and sharpen skills? Maybe this will help persuade some others to sign up who may be hesitant. Uh, He says, I myself have started by finding a local Triumph dealer with BMW F900R in their showroom. I was able to at least go physically see the bike and gather some info. In fact, last night when I was at BMW, it was the first time I've actually seen one. They're pretty decent bikes. So how does somebody in Florida where it's flat prepare for a trip? I have an answer. First, you want to go get a shopping cart and fill it up with watermelons at your local supermarket." Then you want to start running up and down the aisles and take those turns as fast as you can. Watch out for other people walking around with the carts. Try not to hit the other carts. This will build up your stamina and your arm strength. <laughs>
2: <God>. <laughs> That's the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. Hey, you just, what's can you, hey. um, <laughs> you just watch the sound of music? A, No, you have a better better idea? On a serious note, what is going to catch him out is the bike running away with him going downhill. So <laughs> what you need to understand and practice is the effect of shifting down and actually using the engine as a brake because you cannot ride the brakes. We're going to be going down grades that last four miles. Mm-hmm. And talking? if, if okay. you're braking, you're going to fry the brakes. You can't do that. So you have to understand... That when you're going down a twisty road that's downhill for 10 miles you have to use the engine as a brake mm. yeah you have to because you you just can't do it now it's going to be hard to practice that in florida but you can actually you can shift up and down through the box and figure out when you let the clutch out in third and just keep it on a dead throttle how it actually affects the bike?
1: Okay, I think I can handle this for the supermarket uh, scenario where you're oh, practicing. Uh, you want to hop up on the um, <laughs> on the shopping cart like we do, yes? And put one of your feet on the wheel and press slowly oh, on the abs- wheel to
2: add friction. <laughs> well, that is actually braking, Liza. Yes.
3: I was going to say he should just ride to Tennessee. <laughs> is
2: that <when> ride <laughs> around that Tennessee what called, and then ride home. <laughs> yeah. the is that what you call counter steering? <laughs> yeah. However, it's the old water uh, meat counter. counter. I had a very, very long talk with Mr. McLeod yesterday. And, you know, he is going to be every inch the instructor, as am I. We're not going to let anybody get out of their depth. Ride within your ability. Mm -hmm. um, And understand, you are on mountain roads. It's not a beginner's trip. If you just started riding motorcycles a week ago, it's not the trip for you, um, but it's going to be a wonderful experience. It's going to be an easy, easy experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to share a couple of items of news. Oh, okay. so Ooh, um,
4: doo-doo <laughs> good one.
2: The <laughs> threshold for the trip actually taking place was ten people signed mm. up. We now have eleven. Wow, so, um, you guys happening. are
1: stacked. It's happening. There are
2: places available. The ideal number is 15. We can pad it to 18. But the more people that are signed up for the trip, the harder cat has to work. Mm. Um, If we make it to 18, we might introduce another instructor on the trip. Split it. So if you want to be ordered around by um, a German motorcycle policeman... (laughs) <laughs> this is your trip. Um, but sign up. If you're on the fence, sign up now. Because there's theoretically there's only three spots left. We could push it out to seven. It's going to be a brilliant trip. And between me and Kat, we're going to... the The ideal scenario for this trip is if we teach you well enough that you don't need either of us next year. You can do it on your own. All the clues are going to be there. If you can get on a plane and get to Germany, you'll be able to do it yourself. Um, so, tra-la-la. And mm. just remember. Then <laughs>
0: you
1: Give it the beans. And when you have too many beans.
2: We're working hard. You that might just great. sound what?
1: like that. that no,
2: Lisa. Yeah. What? I don't get it. I, when you have too many beans.
3: Oh, <laughs> um, uh,
2: Oh, my. Oh, God. mean,
1: uh, yeah. right, we've got time for a couple you more emails. Uh, Emma, you got one there. I do, indeed. Yes, yes. So that first part is the last part, but you can read the first part if you want. Can I read the first part? Yes, it is.
2: This is all in capital letters. Should yes, I, it is. Should I yell? <laughs> <laughs> I'd give the beans to Nock any day. Uh. I love <laughs>
1: you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love All you, right. Nock. I, I came it. at the right oh.
1: time. Yeah, because yeah, we I said, can. let's come up with something better to say. I like that. I'd give the beans to Nock.
2: This is from Christopher. Nice, thank so you, Christopher. I, I recommend you take your trousers off now. No. Oh. <coughs>
0: is that like uh, is that Mike's version of uh, or my version of Mike's version of <laughs> "Don't look at me when I'm inside of you"?
2: I think so. <laughs> so, um, ciao, ciao, Liza and friends. Ciao, Liza and ciao, friends. Ciao, ciao. Um, I got my hands on a 1988 Super Magma.
1: Oh, model only bag made bag.
2: two years. In I want to vehicle. say
1: they're cool bikes, but they're kind of ugly, but they're great bikes. No, they're not. They. I think they're kind of ugly, but they're great bikes. They're <laughs> gorgeous. No Do
2: you know what we call them in England? The grenade launchers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why are they called oh, the grenade launchers? Side yeah. note Did you see who sent me? Somebody sent me a cool uh, video this oh, week. Yeah, is that the you? Tubes. The, on uh, that's I going around on one. YouTube in Ukraine.
3: The motorcycle, yeah. See
1: the motorcycle guys who stole yeah. the mortar launcher. Oh, in side yeah. the sidecar. In the sidecar, and they're be- laughing as mistaken, they're going down the freeway.
2: I, I believe that
5: is a the Dnieper motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dnieper. Go
2: ahead. Um, so anyway, so uh, we were talking about his Super Magna. Yeah. Um, I'm psyched, and I plan to have this as my road bike until my m- midlife crisis years when god knows what i'll be after just turns (laughs) 34 so she will be with me for a while okay very good perfect i'm going to sell my wish i was a sport bike yamaha (laughs) fz6r Mm -hmm. in the spring and switch it out with a small dual sport Mm -hmm. so i can get into the dirt world as a second bike and still take dirt bike to my elementary teaching job probably next year 250 because I ain't that tall. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, Lila learned about that. Too. My question oh, is
1: <laughs>
2: how can I make my vintage Magma as close to reliable as my FC6R? The only hesitation I have for s- selling is its reliability. I'm willing to trade the inline four with a super badass comfy V4. Any top tips? I have the carbs pulled and cleaned and new boots ready and a very reliable rebuild kit. I will be bleeding the clutch on the front brake and probably getting braided lines, changing brake pads, oil and uh, shaft oil change, flush refill radiator. I'll be looking for a USA to replace the battery. He what? loves me, too. Wait, <laughs> what year is that bike? 88. Oh, so charging system, electrical system. What else should I absolutely do? Have fun on all your trips coming up, Chris, from Connecticut. So
1: so can I say, don't sell the FC6R. (laughs) Not yet, (laughs) not not quite yet. (laughs) Uh, I mean, these are great bikes that can go forever, but a bike of that age as a reliable everyday bike is a little bit of an ass compared to the FC6R, which is capable and fun. You can tour, you can be sporty,
2: you can commute, you can do everything on that. So, here's a couple of top tips for Christopher. All oh, right. His, his last name's Vichy. What? V-E-C-E. Oh. Vichysois. Vichysois. Um,
3: Avec moi.
2: Oil <laughs> is everything. Use a good quality oil, change it often, keep on top of the plugs. I mean, the thing is with these bikes, just keep on top of them. Mm-hmm. The maintenance schedule for older bikes was very different for modern bikes. So keep on top of the oil, understand the maintenance schedule, Mm -hmm. follow the maintenance schedule, schedule. learn to say schedule properly, (laughs) like aluminium. (laughs) Properly. Properly. (laughs) And... Um, no, you know, no, sell your FC6R, sell it I, sell I would say, uh, to me. do do, to do me. some
0: research on uh, getting a regulator rectifier and maybe like, you know, think about the charging No, thing. but no, but he's, <laughs> he's putting like, a USR in it the only reason Do you think the, it's the battery? Or oh, absolutely like, uh, I don't know, those things are kind of shitty reg recs, man They're like the tiny little square tiny No, it's a, a big reg rec it with, with the big fins? One. Is it, yeah, it's the, a, big is it a MOSFET one. one or is it like the diode one with the tiny small box? No, the big one Okay, because my Super Hawk's I had a small one. That thing sucked, man. Yeah, but
2: it's a different generation. Your Super Hawk's like a 99. This is an 88. Oh, so they probably had... Okay. Mm. Had giant big old fins on them. No, I mean, um, there's no reason. What he failed to say was how many miles are on this beast. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah, those are. that's a muscle cruiser. They're, I mean, it's a great engine. How many I'm cc's
2: buying. is it, dude? 700, probably. Yeah. Because oh, it's an 88. It's one of the... Uh,
1: Those engines were also used in which bike? Um,
2: The Interceptor.
1: That's it. The Interceptor, yeah.
2: Oh, shit. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great engine. And the Sabre. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm, Okay, what's mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Homeboy had a Sabre here? Um, Yeah. The British kid who lives in Oakland. What dude had the
3: Interceptor here today, too?
0: Uh, The V4. Are
1: you talking about Eason? No. He he had one for a minute.
2: Yeah. No, Um, I mean, they're great engines. And uh, this is a good-looking bike. Yes.
0: All right.
1: Well, All right. Let me
2: see that in a second. Can you send that over? Yeah. All right.
1: And and uh, bagel, you've yeah. got one. It was really long and really nice. We just so just need the shortened version.
5: Well, I'm going to try my best.
1: Just really so, short. So this
5: is from Zach Ciphers. Uh, Zach writes, "Hey misfits. Hey Zach. I'm a hey, Zach. I'm a street adventure writer up in Seattle. Although I'm originally from Pittsburgh, PA. If hmm. any of you manage a convincing Pittsburgh accent, I'll be really impressed.
1: That's pretty good, bagel." Well,
5: well, Zach, I'm a Philly boy, so <laughs> that might be the best I can do, but I'm going to do my best. <clears throat> I've been listening and lurking for a few weeks and decided to write in, be part of the fun. I'm a teacher and self-taught shade tree mechanic and now teach evening, evening moto maintenance classes at a DIY shop called Upshift Collective. Cool. I cool. learned a wrench on a Triumph Spitfire car Oh, and yeah. now know enough to confidently work on my Triumph Scrambler. Yes. I love putting you guys on in the garage while I'm working on my current project, a Resto Mod 1978 Honda CB400T. First, some compliments, then my ancient biker wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> Liza, I really appreciate the work you put into giving the podcast structure. Thank the you. show has the tone and feel of a group of good friends gathering to talk about motorbikes but the games, topics, and theme segments keep it on track and make it easy to listen to. It's called acting. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is an underappreciated part of podcast production, and it wouldn't be as good without this backbone. Thanks. Mm Emma's encyclopedic knowledge of bikes of every mark and model is simply superhuman. Yeah, it is. Her mm-hmm. ability to rattle off what your BSA changed its fender mandibles from neural <laughs> to the cruciform <laughs> configuration or the exact number oh, of shepits per mandible. gallon oh God. Oh my God. one can expect from a 1957 carbureted moto giblet is truly astounding.
2: <laughs> oh God, I'm going to have to excuse myself.
5: <laughs> it's a wealth of knowledge uh-huh. that reveals countless Countless hours working on bikes of all kinds. <laughs> the fact that you include scooters too, bagel. Hi neighbor shows <laughs> a love of oh, all great. two-wheeled machines. My first ever two-wheeled motor vehicle was a 50cc Zongshan scooter. Nice. It was an unreliable, slow, cheap assemblage of plastic parts, but I loved it. Oh. I give scooters the wave even when I'm out on the triumph because we're all out on the same thrill, all out for the same thrill. And we all have to start somewhere. True. He,
1: he likes us. He really oh. likes us. Yes.
5: <laughs> now for my mm-hmm. ancient biker wisdom. Yes. Number one, get to know your torque wrench. True. Num- number two. Be proactive. Yeah. Maintenance is cheaper and safer in the long run than waiting until things break to fix them.
1: Yeah.
5: Number three, more valuable than any slip on exhaust or sexy piece of gear is an investment in your rider training. Yeah. Number four, the second most valuable investment you can make in the purchase of the uh, is the purchase of the shop manual for your bike. Yes. Number five. Once you get the manual, Learn basic maintenance, know how to take the wheels off, how to change the oil and fluids, and maintain your brakes. It will save you money, help you get to know your bike better, and give you the confidence to handle any unexpected situations or repairs as they come up. Number six, take seller claims with a grain of salt. When buying a used bike, it's a good idea to do all the basic service so that you can reset the clock and then follow the manufacturer service schedule from there. Yeah. Number seven, don't go havesies on a bike with a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Period. (laughs) Number eight, ride your own ride. Yep. Don't ever feel pressured to go faster or lean farther than you're comfortable with just because someone in your group is riding fast.
1: Don't feel bad.
5: Don't Mm -hmm. feel bad about hanging back and letting the speed demons go on ahead if you're riding at speed that is safe and enjoyable for you. Yes. ride within your skill level until you build the confidence to push your limits Mm
4: -hmm.
5: number nine pushing your limits occasionally can lead to growth don't let anyone tell you a bike is too big or too (laughs) heavy or a particular style of riding is wrong for you in some way learn to ride the way you want and ride the machine that ignites your passion number 10 if you're not allowed to get another bike (laughs) sneak it into the house johnny cash style one piece at a time (laughs) if i had told my girlfriend that i wanted to go out and simply buy another bike she would have protested it's a good thing my girlfriend doesn't listen to this podcast uh she's an equestrian and we have an ongoing debate about whose sport is more dangerous Perhaps you misfits can weigh in on that debate if anyone has experience with horses. Horses, absolutely, horses. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this email is long enough. Keep doing what you do, and thanks for the entertaining and enlightening moto talk. You can find me at Motorcycle Librarian on, Le- Motorcycle Librarian on Instagram if you oh, like. Cool. Thank you. And and Zach lists his bikes: a 2019 Scrambler triumph scrambler 200 xe cool. nice a 2016 honda crf 250 rally yep. and a 1978
2: honda cb400t nice
5: the man's Just got made it made to add
2: a scooter now um, on <laughs> the su- on the subject of horses yeah um, huh? i'm not entirely sure whether the more dangerous the motorbikes but they're a damn sight more expensive so yeah. for mm-hmm. every, every dollar he's spending on his motorcycle habit, his girlfriend's spending four to five. <laughs>
0: yeah, apparently uh, equestrianism, there's like higher uh, injury of just people falling off the horses.
2: Well, it's a long way down. Mm. Yeah. yeah
0: Motorcycles
5: might be
3: crazy, but horse people are really one. crazy.
2: Can I just say that <laughs> that that
5: I used to ride horses when I was a kid? Mm-hmm. And I had a horse and when I was riding at a full canter. Came to an abrupt stop, threw me right over his head, and I land flipped over him backwards, landed on my back, knocked the wind out of me, and I haven't ridden horses since.
1: Oh. Yeah. It's oh, very, always get back on the very horse. Very dangerous. Yeah. Always get back
5: on the because because horse. I, I can control a bike. Well. Yeah, I can control a bike. You can only do so much to control a the horse.
0: They get spooked easily, too. Yes. It's mm-hmm. always fun when they get stung yes. by a bee while you're riding. And
5: oh, yeah. Don't
0: okay. have a lot to hang on
1: to. You know, it's just. That doesn't it's sound a, It's fun. you, the reins, and the mane.
0: Yeah. And your thighs, I guess. And I wanted to add
1: the technique that I am currently using because I will soon mean, be a owner of a motorcycle in a third state.
3: Oh, I thought you were going to buy a Oh, Put them in
1: different states. There you go. I want to be no i'm buying a bike from phil at cleveland moto to keep in oh, cleveland for
5: nice are you, are
0: you getting one <laughs> yeah. of small tnt jobbies
1: i'm getting one of the tnts with knobblies on it oh my
0: god All that's right you, you didn't get it the last time because they didn't have it
1: i know so i pre-ordered it
0: <laughs> amazing <Huh>. exactly <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, thank Ridiculous. you very much for sending in. Hey, and big thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers. Keep an eye out for those shirts. They are coming. Knock, I got to grab one for you. You like
2: it? Yeah, like, I, I like I like the blue. Hands. Oh, they're great. Very nice. Um, I'm into it. I know we're winding up, yes. and I'm going to be very, very quick. Okay. Okay. I have some massive news. To okay.
1: Share. Ooh, ooh. Wait, did you get your toenails done?
2: I did. Okay. <laughs> in a very nice red. Um, <laughs> we're going back to the one show. Yeah, and so, as Heavy. of right now, Michael McCarthy is in with his Sportster. Mm-hmm. It's Sick. Gone.
5: Nice.
2: I'm oh, in yeah, with bro. the Trident. Yeah. Ooh. Nice. Mike Miranda is in with all three. Yeah. Really? Ooh. Yeah. So, nice.
0: He's got his own little wing, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> he does.
2: we've got five bikes showing at the one this is massive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so make your plans i want to meet as many people at the one show as we can we're gonna play a game just like we have done in previous years we'll come (laughs) up with something maybe involving knock we're gonna go (laughs) we're all gonna go up on mass we're gonna get an airbnb like we always do so there's gonna be plenty of misfits plenty of misfit bikes Plenty of shenanigans. It's going to be great. Are you flying up there? Are no, driving I'm Something driving up they're, with a they're driving.
4: I thought
0: you. Uh, I, I figured like, you'd just cram it on Mike's trailer and haul no, up No,
2: we'll, we might go up in convoy, but a, yeah. my grand plan, because we have so many bikes showing, if we actually arrive at the Zydell Yards together, mm-hmm. even if we don't actually travel together, we can occupy our own little area. Yeah. Of, of <laughs> the Zidel. So, so it could be like misfit Corner. So Jim, you coming? They could be chairs. You coming, Jim? Uh, it's tempting. This yeah! the,
1: Wait, what, what is this happening? Holy shit. Uh, so, come this is April f- 29th, 30th. Uh, yeah, last weekend and do do the first.
3: first. I haven't I missed it since that. the first
2: time we really so done, you, you, done want you want me to come. bring the chairs, yeah, Liza? It won't be the same without you, Jim.
3: I know. We get into some. Mike McCarthy was like, you got um, to come because get your tickets the get. now
1: um, because they're still restricting. They're selling them in, in shifts. That's mm. how they do it. You can buy a ticket. I think it's good for uh, like a couple hours, whatever. A couple hours yeah. or something.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so or you can buy the VIP, which gets you like the whole day or something like that. Um, so make sure you buy your tickets. Now we'll be there the whole weekend. Yeah.
0: Let on show and,
1: and look for the misfits. Oh, do. Oh, we got We got to mess with Mike. We've got to mess with Mike because he's going to be there.
3: Yeah, Mike's yeah. big. He can. <laughs> oh yeah, <ass>. <laughs> Walt Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, Mike's, well, Mike. he's nice. I don't want to mess with him either. No, but maybe. Both you, the mics are. Pretty. No, no,
2: no, no. Big award-winning Mike. We'll oh up what with some. yeah. Mikey we'll three times. We um, will come up with some some mean, game to play and some swag. So, Soon to, to give be Mikey away. six times. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Maybe. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess we'll stop and buy more chairs and set up the yeah. Misfits corner like we did last times. Come in and join us and hang out and have a place to sit.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So that yeah. is big news. Thank you for sharing that. Em. No, it's it's big huge news. news. So big it's news. two years on the trot for me with different bikes, which yeah. is great. Did you yeah. went
0: last year or was it the year before?
2: No, yeah. last year. Last, last year mm-hmm. it was last the year we went with with the Turbo mm-hmm. Wing. Ah, that's right. And so winning. this year's the Trident. Sick. And then hopefully twenty three, um, I'll probably put in the super glide. Knock, you want to cool. come?
0: Yeah, it sounds like it, it's doable. Just, yeah, I'm going yeah, to fly up and
1: fly up, and back. Um, uh, see what
5: happens. Yeah, I, I'm it's, planning it's on a riding time. up if the weather's good.
1: And it's happening at this old shipyard. It's
2: really cool. It's
5: cool, dude. So, um, dude. It's cool now. you like know what?
2: The shoreline to, or somewhere? So, or yeah, the, it's so right, right on the river. water. Uh, at least the launch
3: barges oh. out of it. Bagel, you need to get
2: us a decent Airbnb. Yeah. What about that place we had last time? That was adorable. Well, now I if Jim and Knock are coming, available. we might need more. That. So
1: we'll see. We'll make it work. Hey, yeah, I'll, we'll figure it out. I, I want to wrap this up. Spot. Hey, big yep. thanks to everyone for listening, making this far. Um, and yeah, for all the people coming by um, and taking gear away. Thank yeah, you. Take <laughs> the gear. Yes. Yeah, we have to get rid of <laughs> take it. Take our gear. Um, Go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. You'll find uh, links there to everything. And don't forget our YouTube channel. And look for the, the show notes for the link for the Dolomites tour with
2: Miss Emma. Yes, it's Cat yeah. and Miss Emma's Alpine Adventure.
0: Dolomite tour. Is Rudy Ray Moore going to make a appearance?
3: Yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey.
1: On that, uh, all right, uh-huh. thanks, everyone. This is Liza. This is Nock. Emma darling, Lila
3: make a gem, son,
1: mm, bagel, and we are out of here. Cool, oh. cool.